Welcome to the Bet with Ted podcast. I am Kyle Fricetti alongside Brian Campbell and Alex Salvecchio. It's been a long, long offseason. It's been six months, and I don't know what that noise was in the back, but that's going to be an indicator <laughs> of the new season upon us. We are in the 2023 NFL season. It officially starts tomorrow night between the Detroit Lions and Kansas City Chiefs. But before we even get into any game, gentlemen, how are we doing? It's been a long off season, but I'm glad to be back. I mean, we missed football. I know college has been back for a couple of weeks, had some great games there last week, but it's nothing like the NFL. Alex, what we got, man? Well, you know, the... hello, everyone. We hope you're doing great, especially our Portugal <laughs> fan base. I, we love you more than anyone, but uh, so doing good. You know, last time we left, it was February, and I actually remember how we left it, which was me bragging about the Verlander-Scherzer Mets. So I feel like it's only fair to pick this up with the fact that they're both on different teams now and the Mets are a complete disaster. So, uh, yeah, things have been unwell. It's been a horrible offseason, but uh, that's what the NFL is for, you know. Now the NFL comes, it's one of the best days of the year. You know, we're going to be here for the next, what, 21 weeks, I guess, 20 of the next 21 weeks. So let's get after it. Leave it up to leave it up to uh, Del Vecchio to bring up baseball between the, within the first three minutes of the I got, podcast. Listen, after... I got a, I got a, I got a lot of baseball analogies ready for football teams. I'm going to whip out tonight. Hope you guys are prepared. I am not prepared, but I knew it was coming. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Uh, so, so we're going to go through every game this week. Uh, not sure how the format's going to go this season. I think towards the end of last year, we kind of just picked our five games rather than going through every game. But uh, definitely, you know, it's a you know week one is kind of special and unpredictable, and there's a lot of variance in these games. So uh, we're definitely going to go through every game here. We can kind of briefly, you know, talk about what we think about each team uh, as we go through these games. But you know, we we obviously ha- have have a lot going on in terms of um, you know premier players either holding out or not being able to play uh, this week, and you know, look no further than Travis Kelsey tomorrow night. The way this line is moving. You know, I'm seeing a lot of four and a halfs out there, so that that's a line without Kelsey to me. Uh, he was questionable on the injury report today, so uh, very very iffy. Uh, they say that's fifty fifty. I would be surprised surprised if it was more seventy five twenty five with him not playing. But I guess we'll see if it'll be a game time decision. But when you look at the Chiefs with them having Kelsey out, you know, arguably their best offensive player other than Patrick Mahomes. And then you have their best defensive player who's holding out. It's going to be a tall task, uh, you know, and you see that reflected in the line. So let's just kind of talk about tomorrow's night, uh, tomorrow night's game with uh, the Detroit Lions, who had a lot of promise towards the end of the year. I think they ended their season with a six and two run, and uh, going up against the Super Bowl champs on national TV on the opening week of the season. So, uh, gentlemen, let's start with you, Alex. What are your thoughts on the on the Lions and Chiefs game tomorrow night? Well, you know, my, my thoughts are, are very much about tomorrow night, how I would feel um, on the big picture scale. Um, and I know we can get into all this stuff later. I'm not a believer in the Lions. And there's a lot of money on the Lions, a lot of overplays, a lot of division winner plays. Um, you know, you're still betting on Jared Goff. You know, you're still betting on Jared Goff. They did start off terrible last year. I know they got good second half of the year. They beat up on a pretty bad Packer team. Um but, you know, I would just remind everybody that, you know, in the modern day, seven teams from every conference make the playoffs. They didn't get in. So, you know, the idea that they're this team who can now stand toe-to-toe with the Super Bowl champs in their building on the night they raise the banner, 
I'm not buying it. It's still Jared Goff, tough road environment. You know, Chiefs are the better team, one through 53 anyway. Um, you know, I, I have a lot of questions about the Chiefs. You guys know I love my Chiefs now. But I have a lot of questions on them repeating this year because, you know, they let the left tackle go. Kelsey's starting to show signs of age. This might be a year where, you know, maybe they're not the one seed. Maybe they struggle to win the division and then kind of go out in the second round. Um, you know, I could see that, but I don't think it starts tomorrow I, or tonight, I guess, if you're listening to it. I, I like the Chiefs in that game. Um, I mean, do I say it? It's one of my five. Should I even say that, Chet? Sure. Yeah, let's let's. Yeah, I mean, start it off with the Chiefs, yeah. Yeah, and I, and I mean, look, it was it – was, if I could get it under seven – I was going to make this one of my five, but now it's plummeted. Now it's four and a half everywhere. So absolutely. Um, you know, I, I think Goff will turn it over. I think the Chiefs are still very good. Um, even if Kelsey doesn't play, you know, they got Pacheco. They got Ken. They got a lot of receivers. They got Mahomes. Um, Andy Reid's a way better schematic coach than anyone on the Lions could be to slow him down. So like the Chiefs tomorrow night, you know, sunrise is the sunset, and I bet the Chiefs. So, All right. I, I respect that. I mean – Jared Goff, I mean, he had a fantastic year last year. Threw uh, 29 touchdowns, seven picks, completed 65% of his passes, about a you know 100 quarterback rating. You could you could say they have a top, I would say top five offensive line, possibly the best offensive line in the league. You know, I think they're neck and neck with Philadelphia. So, how are the Chiefs going to rush the passer? That's my concern in this game. And how are they going to pressure Goff? I think I think you know Ben Johnson is one of the best offensive play callers in the game right now. Now, granted, they started one and six last year, so how could, good can they be? But uh, they have a pretty tough schedule in the beginning of last year, and they kind of turned it on towards the end of the year. Uh, this is a tough spot. I mean, everybody talks about Andy Reid, you know, off the bye. How about Andy Reid off a six-month rest? So, yeah. you know, he's going to have a good game plan here. But, you know, he gets thrown the curveball with Kelsey a week of the game. Uh, so your number one receiver is, you know, is Tony. Uh, so that, that that's my concern with you know, Pat Mahomes can only do so much. I think they're going to rely a lot on Pacheco in this game. Uh, I'm not going to have, you know, this game is one of my five, but if I had to uh, lean in this game, the value is gone with Detroit, right? So I, I can't take the Lions in that spot. And, you know, the the, the Chiefs, I, I don't know what I'm going to get out of them with them, you know, losing Kelsey and Chris Jones. So it's an easy pass for me. Uh, but Campbell, do you have a side in this game? Um, I don't have a side in this game. Like you said, all the value in Detroit has been gone. Um, I mean, you look at the last four years, week one, Mahomes, 153 passer rating, 18 touchdowns, no interceptions. The guy is prepared when it comes to week one football. I mean, yes, Travis Kelsey is going to be a big loss, but I mean, he makes something out of nothing and he'll be able to handle uh, Kelsey missing. I mean, they still got Pacheco in the backfield. Uh, I think he'll be able uh, – Mahomes will make some plays. And I think Detroit's really going to miss um, Jamal Williams in the backfield. I mean, he was a guaranteed touchdown anytime they got inside the five-yard line. And I know they got Jamar, uh, Jameer Gibbs, but he's more of a speed back. They don't have that – they don't have that bull to pound it in the end zone inside the goal line. And I think they're going to struggle a little more this year in the red zone than they did last year. So, any thoughts on the total in this game, guys? I mean, ironically, the total, I mean, it's gone down a little bit, obviously, with the Kelsey news. Now I'm seeing a, you know, a trend of about 52, 52 and a half. We, we lost Alex, but he's going to be back in a second. But um, I'm seeing this total kind of plummet down with 
the obvious uh, injury news with Kelsey. But uh, any thoughts on the total here, Campbell? I mean, it's week one. Um, and then you also, with with that, you also got a couple teams who didn't play their starters in the preseason this year. So I would expect some rust coming out uh, for this Thursday night game. I kind of expect things to be on the lower end. So I would definitely lean under. Okay. And yeah, and the Chiefs are one of those teams that did play Mahomes in the preseason. I thought that was interesting. So maybe Detroit, you know, Detroit didn't, though. And I, I mean, right. I think Mahomes is going to struggle in the offense. I think Detroit's going to be a little rusty. So I can see this. Yeah. Um, being definitely um, around 40, 40 points. I could see that too. Um, as we wait for Alex to come back, we'll kind of have to just kind of ping pong between our picks here. But um, I'm going to go through each game, and then you can tell me if you have a side in this game that's one of your five. We're going to have the same format as last year. We're going to pick uh, five games. One of those games are going to be a best bet, and we're going to well, track those bets throughout the season. So the first official play of the season, we got Alex on Kansas City. Alex, Kansas City, we'll give him minus four and a half. That's the, the line good. that I see. Yeah. All right. So um, moving to Sunday, uh, a lot of divisional games week one, and the NFL definitely sets it up that way. A lot of divisional games week one and to close the season, you know, with the assumption that divisions are going to be tight, they're going to be on the line. A lot's going to be riding on that final week. So you also have a lot of divisional games to open up the season, which I don't like because those tend to be closer games. So we see a lot of um, close spreads this week. Uh, you guys hear we're me? Seeing, we're going to see a lot. of. Yes. We got you. Yeah. Um, we, we have your first official pick as uh, Kansas City minus four and a half on the pod. All right. Absolutely. Okay. So we're moving on to Carolina and Atlanta. Uh, first divisional uh, NFC South matchup. Uh, obviously, Carolina starting rookie quarterback, Bryce Young. And we have Atlanta with the unknown quarterback with Desmond Ritter. We really don't know what we're going to be getting out of him. Uh, interesting matchup here. Uh, historically, rookie quarterbacks on the road do not fare well week one. Uh, so that's enough for me to stay away from Carolina. And I like Atlanta. I think they're going to be in the running for the division this year. But I just don't want to bet on Desmond Ritter because I don't know what I'm going to get with him. Uh, I think Bajon Robinson is going to be fantastic. He's going to be in the rookie of the year running. But uh, I think asking them to lay three and a half, especially with Desmond Ritter, I think is a little bit too rich right now with the, the good defense that Carolina does have. So I'm going to pass in this game. Uh, no official play on this for me. Uh, Campbell, let's go back to you. Um, I have a strong lean on Atlanta this game. Not, not a play, though. Um, Carolina, I think, is going to be a team that I'm going to be fading quite a bit this year. I don't have faith in uh, Bryce Young to be able to turn that team around. They have a lot of new guys on the team. Uh, Miles Sanders at running back now. Uh, a lot of young receivers. And then added some Adam Thielen uh, right. to bring in some leadership to the receiving core there. Uh, just a lot of new pieces that you don't know what you're going to get out of Carolina. Um, Atlanta, I think you're going to see a big step up this year with Drake London. Uh, I think Kyle Pitts is going to finally – kind of prove um, that he was definitely worth an early draft pick um, that Atlanta took on him. And I think Desmond Ritter is going to show that he's going to be a viable starting quarterback in the league. I think, like you said, I think they will be contending uh, for the NFC South division, though I do think that New Orleans is ultimately going to take that. Um, but I can see Atlanta kind of, winning this game by a touchdown or so. So I definitely have a strong uh, Atlanta laying the three and a half. 
Okay. Yeah, with a low total of 39 and a half. So the sports books are definitely predicting a low scoring game here. So this game is probably going to land on three. The question is, which way is it going to go? And uh, it's too close of a call for me. So, Alex, what are your thoughts on the, this divisional NFC South game? Hey, listen, I tell you guys every week, there's a game in the sports bar that I call the corner TV game that goes on in the back right corner, <laughs> and nobody watches that shit. And that is this one, Carolina, Atlanta. Um, I, I like Atlanta, actually. Like it, I was flirting with doing it, but like you said, Desmond Ritter, I don't know, can it be a, a turnover fest? I, I, I definitely like Atlanta to win the game. Um, and the, you're not laying a lot of points, but – yeah, no. If you bet the game, then you kind of got to follow the game. Who the hell wants to do that? You know. So no, staying away. Um, but to me, the the NFC South, it's the Saints and the Falcons. I'd probably say would be the two. Um, I think Saints are cut above them, but I do think I, I agree with you. I think the Falcons in mid December are going to be playing meaningful football games for that division. Is what I would say. So I, I like Atlanta in that game, but not, not enough to play it because then, you know, you'd be betting on Desmond Ritter. I'm with you. I, I think they have some good offensive pieces in place, and I, I like some of the additions they made on the defensive side of the ball, bringing in Jesse Bates from the Bengals to solidify the secondary. Um, you obviously have A.J. Terrell, a cornerback, you know, one of, the, one of the best in the league. So they have the pieces in place. I think they just need to get a little bit better at rushing the passer and consistency at quarterback. And, no player progression, right? We expect these young players to get better within their first couple of years in the league. So the question is, will Ritter make that next step? You know, we're, we're going to find out starting Sunday. But, yeah, I agree. Atlanta's going to be playing meaningful football. I think Bryce Young will get there. He's, he's undersized, which is a concern. But I just I can't see them going on the road week one and, and winning a divisional matchup like this, his first start. So I'm with you. Uh, so I'll lean to Atlanta, but no play. Um, next matchup here, interesting match up the, the biggest spread on the board uh, at uh, the Baltimore Ravens laying 10 against the Houston Texans. Uh, D'Amico Ryan's led Houston Texans. Um, obviously with C.J. Stroud at quarterback, another rookie quarterback going on the road one against uh, Lamar Jackson who finally got his big contract cashed in. They have some really good pieces at the receiver position with Odell Beckham and um, they who's that other receiver they drafted? Zay uh, What's his last name? I, his name is not coming to me, but they drafted a receiver in the first Zay round. Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers, yeah. So, and obviously, you know, Mark Andrews is one of the best tight ends in the league. Some questions on the, on the defensive side of the ball, especially in the secondary with them, but I think they'll get that sorted out throughout the year. This is a big number for Baltimore. Um, this is not going to be – I don't have a, a side in this game. I, I lean Houston just because I think it's way too inflated, and I think – I think the Texans are going to be one of those teams that gets better as the year goes on as well. I like some of the pieces they have. They have some players returning from injury from last year, specifically at their receiver position. And um, I think it's going to be a slow start for the Texans, but I think they'll get better as the year goes on. So I could they cover this number? Yeah. And I don't – I have some concerns about Baltimore, uh, specifically on what the coordinator has been saying regarding the philosophy of the offense with how they're going to – throw the ball a lot more. They're going to have spread offense. And I don't know if, that, if that's Lamar Jackson's strong suit. So I don't know if they're playing to his strengths. I think they're kind of – offensively, they're going to have to fine-tune some things throughout the year, and I think it might start off a little bit slow and inconsistent. So it's enough to keep me off of Baltimore laying this big number. So I lean Houston, but uh, no bet for me. Uh, Alex, we're going to go to you. 
Uh, no bet for me. You know I love big spreads. Uh, if this was week nine, I would love this game when you have a little bit more information. Week one, it's just, you know, laying 10 in a week one game. Texans are going to give you a good effort. Um, Texans really, they, they did give good efforts last year a lot of the time. They weren't necessarily like an auto cover when you face them. I think there were worse teams than in the last half of the year. Um, you know, first game. Uh, but like you said, I, I, I definitely think the Ravens are, are winning this game. I mean, that's not going out on a limb. But the idea of laying 10 in week one when you haven't even seen them, um, you know, just too much for a week one year. I don't remember many spreads like this in week one. Like, were there any last year that were this bad? Like, I don't remember any. But, I know um, that the Colts, you know, the, Colts the, the Colts were a road favorite last year against Houston, ironically. I think they were laying about eight. Eight and a half, and they yeah, and, how, and tied, that they tied that game. They tied, a yeah. tie, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's gonna be my point. Yeah, yeah. So, Divisional game, you know, those are usually tight. Yep. Yeah, but again, like it's a line that, you know, it does it does what I what I like to normally do, which is I like to find lines where Vegas is begging you not to bet the game because then I bet it. You know, I, I know I say that a lot, but not week one. There's better games this week. Um, I guess we at some point we should talk bigger picture that, you know, you shouldn't be betting a lot this week anyway. You'll never have less information on the season than you have right now. But, um, yeah, I mean, until you see Baltimore, until you see Houston and what D'Amico Lyons and what they're doing, until you see that new offense, this is an easy stay away for me. Yeah, I agree. I know, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say no preseason, you know, play for Lamar Jackson either. So that might cause him to start off a little bit slower. Go ahead, Campbell. Yeah, yeah I agree uh, with no play on this game. I think that uh, 10 is too big of a number right now to be playing uh, on either team. I mean, we're talking about, I mean, last year, all I did was complain about how Lamar Jackson was sitting out because <laughs> of his contract. He finally got paid, but how is he going to come out week one? Is he going to be rusty? Because it's been, it's been a while since we've seen him on the field last. And, I mean, he... It doesn't like he has brand new weapons this year. He, uh, he was Beckham this year. Andrew's back after uh, injury, so I mean he's got to build a rapport back with them again. So and then Houston, Houston last year they played tough. Like every game they were in it. I feel like they were a good team that you were getting a lot of points on that was covering most most of the weeks that if you played them and. I can see that being the case again this year, though I am not a fan of C.J. Stroud. I like him even less than Bryce Young, and that's kind of one of the main reasons why I'm not playing this game, um, getting the 10 points, is because I don't have the faith in C.J. Stroud yet. Uh, I'm going to have to see what kind of effort he puts up on the field before I start putting trust in him. Yeah, and Houston was playing tough last year for Lovey Smith. I mean, D'Amico Ryan's had a really good reputation coming from uh, the Niners, right? So um, I think that they're going to play hard for him, too. I think they have some good pieces in place. Uh, if you look at Sur- uh, Survivor, kind of going off topic here, Baltimore kind of stands out just because of how big the number is. Uh, any thoughts on Survivor this week? If you had to pick one game where you know a team's going to win, would you take the Ravens or would you look somewhere else? Um. I, Ravens are a decent choice, but I also feel like Ravens are going to be the popular choice. And I try to stay away from the public pick uh, when it comes to Survivor. I have a better yeah, one for that. Yeah. 
I, I think I know what it's going to be. What do you got? You, I mean, if you think Arizona is the worst team in the league and a team you won't lose <laughs> again in Washington, you just there go Washington. I, I actually think that might be the most popular one because you can yeah. see yourself mm-hmm. wanting to use Baltimore down the road, especially if Baltimore clicks. You know, they could be a really tough team. Um, you'll never want to use Washington again. So when they're facing the Cardinals, that I think everyone's just going to fade the Cardinals all year. Well, well then <laughs> there goes survivor. my philosophy because Washington was my pick for Survivor this week. Well, yeah, speaking nice. <laughs> speaking of the speaking of the Cardinals and the football team, why don't we go to that game? We have uh, Arizona at Washington. Uh, you'll never see, you know, the the football team laying seven against anybody but the Cardinals this year. Uh, yeah. uh, total of 38, 38 and a half. Um, obviously, a lot of unknowns in this game. One thing we do know is that it's going to be Josh Dobbs starting a quarterback for the Cardinals. So there you go. You could take how, however you like that. And uh, we know who's going to be starting at quarterback for Washington. It'll be Sam Howell. Named the team captain by his teammates. You know, he has all this hype. You know, seems to be, you know, a, a top five quarterback in the league. If you if you read on Twitter, if you read, uh, you know, the, the, the dirt sheets, uh, that Sam Howell is going to have this fantastic year. I, I don't know. I, I don't think Washington is going to be that good. Um, I think they've, they have a really good defense. They have a pretty good offensive line. Uh, decent at skill position players. But Terry McLaurin is banged up, might not play in this game. Uh, so I think that's that's a, that'd be a big loss if he didn't play. So I, I do think the number is is unjustified. I don't think Washington should be laying seven against anybody. But then on the other hand, you have Arizona, who is publicly tanking. Did did you see that speech by uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Jonathan Gannon, uh, the the Cardinals head coach? No, what do you say? No. That well, it was it was he was asking them like if they drove here or something. It was, it was supposed to be this motivational speech, and it ended up being just a complete farce, and it just it was completely cringe. So I, I don't know if the players are going <laughs> to believe in this guy to, to play hard for him. They're publicly telling you. Just, him. But you here's know the, the issue now. Oh, sorry. You can go. Oh, here's the issue now. Like. Um, Caleb Williams' dad already came out and said that if the situation is not right in the number one pick, uh, his son's not coming out into the draft this year. And that's going to be a big thing because Caleb Williams is making millions of dollars in NIL money to stay in college. He doesn't need that rookie contract right off the bat. So he can can kind of wait it out and see – what kind of situation is arising before he makes that decision now. Yeah, and Arizona just doesn't have the talent. I mean, they, they don't – can you name five players in Arizona right now other than uh, Josh Dobbs, I, who I just named? Oh, well, 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 they have Isaiah Simmons, right? Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> nope. He's in New York. Yep. Listen, the, the best the best Gannon video was him seeing Kyler Murray for the first time. Have you seen that video? It was pretty cringe. I think no. I remember seeing that in the offseason. It was pretty cringe. He, he – he walks up to Kyler Murray and goes, hey, man. And then he looks him dead in the eye after awkward silence and goes, pew, pew, pew. Explosives, explosives. Oh and I was like, oh, my God. This is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. So, and, yeah, that, and that's the same, a lot of confidence. And that's the same head coach that came out today and blatantly blamed himself for losing the Super Bowl with the Eagles, which is justified. I mean, they gave up, what, 38 points? But this guy just something something's off with this guy. He's given off a lot of um, – who was that head coach for the Jets, Campbell? Uh, Adam Gase. Giving off a lot of Adam Gase vibes to me. I don't know if you agree yeah. with that. <laughs> and that didn't turn out, turn out very well with the Jets. So um, Adam Gase, I've already shunned from my memory. <laughs> yeah. 
if you had a gun to my head and I had to pick a side in this game, I would lay the seven with Washington just because I do think they have a lot of momentum with or without Terry McLaurin. I think Arizona is just going to be a, a team to fade. I mean, their win total is four and a half. I think that's very, very, um, you know, um, very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's very nice of Vegas to give them four and a half as their over under mm-hmm. win total. So um, it's not going to – one of the wins is not going to come this, this week. So, um, yeah, I lean Washington. I don't, I don't have a play in this game. Do you guys have a play in this game? I do. Uh, oh. And definitely taking Washington, laying the seven points. Um, I mean, I would like to get the hook under seven, but as long as we're not at seven and a half, I feel pretty confident um, at least pushing this. Uh, Washington, you got the new OC in the enemy. Uh, underrated defense, I think, again. And then Arizona, like you said, new coach. Josh Dobbs is the quarterback. No talent around him. I mean, if you saw if you saw the video of um, Hollywood Brown running the one-on-ones and getting jacked up right off the line of scrimmage, like, what receivers is Dobbs going to be throwing to this year? Uh, I just think yeah. Washington's got – Oh, wait, they traded him to the Titans. <laughs> oh, That's geez. right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, so I just I just think that uh, Washington's got too much. Um, I mean, between Robinson, Gibson, and I think they can control the ball on offense. I mean, even with Sam Howell kind of breaking in. I know he got one week last year, but he's pretty much breaking in as the new quarterback this year. I think they'll still be able to control the ball and keep Arizona off the field this year. Do you guys put put any merit into the whole new ownership of Washington and then kind of giving them a boost for week one in terms of the the psyche of the organization? Uh, Not really, because I think Ron Rivera is a dead coach walking, you know? Like, if you were to tell me who's getting fired at the end of the year, Ron Rivera would be, like, number one and 1A and B and – to like you just know he's gone because they're, they're probably well, just for this last. week like this week in uh, terms of they're I mean, making yeah, stadium sure. upgrades you know sure yeah. but if they were facing an opponent with a pulse i wouldn't think it would matter but like against yeah. a bad team maybe you know but uh i mean the fans will be into it but again like it's still sam howell like he could turn it over once or twice it's not impossible so that's yeah. why i didn't have a right. in it Wait, way too much time in Arizona, Washington. This always happens to us every year. We always pick the worst teams and we talk about them. I had a play on it. <laughs> That's true. That is very true. Our uh, second official play of Bet with Chet for the season: Washington minus seven for Campbell. Um, Chetty has none yet. None yet. This was tough. This was tough. We, like you said, Alex, we have the Three least amount of yeah, information like, the entire year. Yeah, yeah. Bet so, the least you know, amount we, of money. It's always week one's not the time to bet a lot of money. And sit on the sidelines, wait for week two, week three, when you get more information, yep. and then, you know, take advantage of the numbers. Uh, so another divisional matchup here between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Cleveland Browns. Very interesting game with Joe Burrow missing the entire preseason due to um, the calf sprain and then – or strain. And then, uh, you know, Cleveland, obviously, you know, a tumultuous season last year with them bringing in Deshaun Watkins in the middle of the season – uh, Watson, sorry. And, you know, him playing very, very poorly. Didn't seem like he was comfortable in that offense. Uh, I don't know what that noise is. Can, is there a mute button? Can we possibly get a mute button? I think, oh. I think Alex is going through a car wash. It sounded like a toilet flushing, but uh, I'm not going to go there. Uh, so back to the Bengals. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Have... I, uh, 
Oh, I put my, so I went, so yeah, this is great behind the scenes for everyone listening. I went to sneeze, so I put my AirPods down, but I put them right on top of the dishwasher, which is running, and that's what you heard. So in an attempt to give you no noise whatsoever, I just blasted the podcast. <laughs> you know, this you, is the week one man. You know, we're out that, of practice. <laughs> the comedic relief on Bet with Chet hasn't missed a beat. <laughs> you know, I didn't want to bother you with my sneeze, so I put the whole podcast underwater. You can't hear shit. This is why people listen, okay? We need the comedic relief. There's got to be a balance. Okay. Hey, you know, you need a so, little bit of color. That's very true. So uh, we'll go back to Bengals and Browns here. Uh, it's been two and a half, sitting at two and a half for a while. Uh, Joe Burrow is going to play in this game for sure. You know, what percentage of health is he going to be at? No one really knows. No preseason experience or no preseason play for him this year. So he had a similar situation last year. It wasn't injury-related, right? He had the appendectomy, didn't play preseason, came out, started 0-2, lost against uh, Pittsburgh and Dallas, and then they kind of turned it on. But you, you got to have some concerns when he has a history like that and he's in the same similar situation. You know, Now you're going on the road, divisional opponent against a team that – can they get worse than last year? I mean, they have arguably the best running back in the league, very good offensive line, good defense, a quarterback that had a chance to get more comfortable in the system after he was very uncomfortable last year coming in midway through the season. Uh, so this is going to be my first play. I'm going to go with Cleveland plus two and a half. I think they're going to outright beat the Bengals here. Since uh, he seems to be that team that just starts a little slow and then they kind of turn it on mid- midway in the season and then, before you know it, they're in the AFC title game competing again. So uh, they're not that team to kind of fire out the gates. And I think Cleveland is going to have a lot of motivation with, you know, Watson being really comfortable in this offense. And they have a lot of, you know, weapons at, at uh, wide receiver and tight end and, and, and running back. So I, I'd like Cleveland to win this game outright, but give me the two and a half points. That'll be my first play. And then we're going to go to you, Alex. Oh, man. You know, I really wanted to go with Cleveland in this game. Um is Ward playing? Denzel Ward? I need to look at the practice report. Yeah, I didn't talking. see I can, that. I can look through that. Yeah, you know, I don't know if Ward's playing. Um, yeah, I kind of had this game circled all offseason that I really liked it for the for the home dog. I think Cleveland can definitely win this game outright. Um, there's a question about Deshaun Watson that's it's a big unknown, you know, like – Cleveland's also a team where, you know, if Watson clicks, you know, by week three, this is going to be talked about being, you know, a playoff team and a really good team. Um, yeah, Ward was limited it, today in practice. Yeah, oh, so lim- uh, limited is the new doubtful, right? So that's a D, I think. So I think it that says, means – Yeah, I don't know. It says questionable right now. They list him as questionable. Oh, okay. So he'll probably – he probably will suit up then. Um, that scared me off a little bit. Um you know, do you value that Burrow had no preseason? Because he's definitely had slow Septembers before. Um, Cleveland played a lot in the preseason. I think I saw they played their starters more than any team in the preseason. Like, Deshaun Watson had a lot of snaps, a lot of pass attempts. Um, with good reason. He needs it, obviously. Um, in the end, I just couldn't pull the trigger on something I wanted to pull the trigger on all off season. So, that probably makes me a bad better. But um, in <laughs> the end, like to stay... on the betting podcast. <laughs> no, well, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think I came in first last year, so you know, I, I just did. try to stay humble. But so, yeah, I just couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't pull the trigger on this game. 
I'm staying away at the last minute. I really, I really liked it all off season, but just in the end to put a unit on it or something, you know, you just don't know what Watson's giving you. And, you know, the Bengal offense is still pretty explosive. So I'm staying away. It hurts me. So I lean Cleveland though. This is surprising because you have the future on Cincinnati to win the Super Bowl. So I, I thought oh, that was going to be your best bet. Yeah. I thought that you were going to take Cincy. No, I think Cincy is going to do what they always do and probably not win the division and then just steamroll everyone in January. Right. Um, that's just how they operate. That's how their organization runs. That's how Burrow plays. Um, you know, they just get – they click their second half of the year team. And um, I definitely love the Beng- – the Bengals are my Super Bowl pick. I think they're going to win. I got them at 11-1, to 1, um, which is actually the worst of the number now because that calf injury, I think it was plus 1250 the other day. So that sucks. But, uh, yeah, I like the Bengals. They added the Chiefs left tackle. They can finally protect Joe. So big picture-wise, I love them. But division, road game, you know, Cleveland probably is a way better team than the record said last year. Um it's just the unknown of Watson for winning this game. But if, if they meet again in December, I will hammer the Bengals in that spot. But, you know, week one and then all the fixings of a slow start, which Cincinnati always seems to get off to, is why I would not go either way on this one. Yeah. Okay. Not, no head-to-head. Head. I, I thought it was going to be a head-to-head, head, but. <laughs> it's no, not often not that all three of us are in agreement because I kind of have a lean on Cleveland in this game. Man, too. Yeah. what is going on here? I know. No. Are you playing it or just a lean? Just a lean. I, I couldn't pull the trigger on it. Um, I feel like we're going to be on all the same games. Yeah, Cincinnati, like you guys mentioned, known for their slow starts. Uh, Joe Burrow didn't play at all, didn't practice at all, all, all training camp. Um, Cleveland, I mean, if Deshaun Watson's going to get back to his uh, pre-suspension form back when he was with the Houston Texans. You're going to do it with the weapons that he has around him now. You got Chubb, you got Amari Cooper, DPJ. Uh, they picked up Elijah Moore from the Jets. I mean, he has numerous weapons that he's going to be able to work with. If that offense can't get clicking, then they're in the they're in for a world of hurt um, this year. But I think that they do have the tools to improve this year. I think they're going to be competing for um, a playoff spot. I don't think they have enough to run the division, but I think that they uh, definitely have a shot at the wild card this year. And I think it's going to start week one. I think they're going to get the uh, upset win. I mean, it's a small upset, but I think they're going to get the upset win and get over Cincinnati week one uh, straight up. Okay. So all in agreement, which means uh, Cincinnati, if you're listening out there, Cincinnati money line. Bet the farm, <laughs> bet your house, bet your car. I don't care what it is, bet it on the Bengals. When we're in agreement, it goes the other way. Just that simple. No, just kidding. Uh, hopefully the Browns win that game. But um, we're going to go to Jacksonville at Indianapolis. Um, AFC South matchup. Possibly the worst division in football this year. But I think the a- NFC South is going to give that a run for its money. But um, Jacksonville, obviously a very successful season last year. Kind of won that division by default. But they won a lot of games at the end of the year. Uh, to win that division that was at nine and eight, or they were eight, nine. I, I can't forget if they were eight or nine wins, but um, you know, now they go on the road against uh, another team with a rookie quarterback, Anthony Richardson. Um, haven't heard anything but good things about this kid. Seems to be really dedicated. If you think of the antithesis of what uh, Johnny football was when he came out, it's probably this kid. 
So I think that he's going to be a student of the game. I think he's going to be, you know, in the running for rookie of the year, but I don't think they have enough to get this upset. Uh, I think this is going to be a tight game, though. I, I don't have a play in this game, but I, I mean, Indianapolis, I think you have to always look twice when you're looking at divisional road favorites the opening week of the season. Um, usually those numbers are a little bit inflated, especially with a playoff team in Jacksonville reaching the divisional round last year. So uh, I lean Indianapolis here, but the, the Colts, you know, they, I don't know if they have the talent right now to, to cover that number with Jonathan Taylor holding out. He's on PUP for the first four weeks of the season. Uh, so, you know, he's not going to be there. But they do have some nice skill position players at wide receiver and with a decent offensive line as well. Uh, I could take a look at their practice report and see. I think their um, Leonard was also limited this week. Um, he has a concussion. So he was actually full uh, participant today, which is good. But um, – you know, their injury report looks pretty pretty clean other than that. And Zach Moss is probably going to get the start at running back. So, uh, lean Indy, no play for me. Uh, guys, any play in this game? Who you want first? Uh, oh, I go got ahead. a play in this game. Okay. I'm oh, go, go to Canby then. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Um, I am going with Jacksonville minus – you got it at minus five right now? Got five, yep. Oh. All right. All right. That's all I got to take. Uh, I'm going Jacksonville minus five. Um, trend you're going to kind of see me on this year because I really don't like the quarterback class of this last draft. So you're going to see me fading the rookie quarterbacks a lot this year, I, I believe. Um, Jacksonville is a strong finish to, to last year, and I think they're just going to build on it. I mean, came out of nowhere to take the division. Uh, big comeback in the playoffs against the Chargers and Kept it close in the divisional round um, before finally bowing out of the playoffs. Uh, they got good running game with Etienne. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is just improving his game year after year. And I think they have a big improvement adding Calvin Ridley to that receiving core. I think he's bound for a huge year this year. Uh, on the other hand, you got Indianapolis, new coach Richardson. I don't think is very special quarterback. I know they're saying all the, I know he's saying all the good things showing up, showing up to the facility on his day off on Tuesday for eight hours, whatever. Uh, No Jonathan Taylor. I think they're going to struggle a lot on offense. I don't really see this game being close at all. Okay. So we got Campbell second play here. Jacksonville minus five. Can't argue with anything he said there. Alex, uh, give us a, give us your thoughts on this game. Uh, no play just because it's a lot of points to lay on the road and a home opener. Um, but I think Anthony Richardson stinks. So I'm definitely with Campbell on that. <laughs> um, you, you all may not be aware. I do bet college football as well. And nobody on any level cost me more money last year than Anthony Richardson on the Gators throwing <laughs> stupid red zone interceptions in those SEC. You would get the Gators plus 16 and they were a good team last year. And that moron would just throw red zone pick after red zone pick, and it would just drive you crazy. Um, I mean, it just drive you nuts. I, I, yeah, I, it's unbelievable. So definitely not going to bet the Colts here. Um, Jags are going to be really good. You know, you wonder, um, is the defense there yet? Have they done enough in their player acquisition defensively to get where they need to be? I don't think they have – big picture-wise, and the AFC is a bloodbath, so they're in the right division because they probably have just enough 
to win that division. But I do think the Titans might be better than people think. Um, but, I mean, you can't argue with the quarterback who – I mean, just the guy who has played every snap for them since getting drafted, good, bad, or ugly, you know, all, you know, fights until the end. I mean, he's everything – He's he, every bit is advertised what he would be coming out of Clemson. Um, but for this game, I just – I can't do it. But, again, this is that classic, like – it's why week one is tough. Like, this game is tough. If it was week seven and you know a little bit more, this is probably an easy play. But right now it's – a lot of doubt on all sides here. Okay. All right. Let's uh, move on to the next game. Uh, Tampa Bay at Minnesota. Uh, obviously, Tampa Bay with the big change at the quarterback position after Tom Brady retiring last year. Um, now you have Baker Mayfield coming in. Uh, I guess you can call him a journeyman at this point in his career, but he's done some good things. He did some good things with Cleveland, led him to the playoffs, uh, but it's kind of you know, big, been non-existent until then. He had some good, you know, uh, playing time with the Rams last year and had, had a few wins uh, to kind of give him a spark and cause Tampa to sign him. So Tampa still is a pretty good defense, and I think um, they'll be competitive in this game. Then you have Minnesota, who won 13 games last year. Obviously, uh, they bring in Brian Flores, a defensive coordinator, and that's really the only defensive change they made, which is concerning with how bad and porous – I'll quote you, Alex – how porous, porous. the Minnesota defense was. There it is. How, how porous they were last year uh, in the secondary and couldn't rush the passer. So um, that, those are my concerns with Minnesota. They, they won 13 games last year, won a lot of close games. Could they do that again? Yeah. But I think there's going to be um, a little bit of a of – a, 50-50 turn there. I think they'll probably win half of those close games, and maybe they get around that eight or nine win total. I think they're over-under is eight and a half this year, you know, after a 13-win season. So I think the books know that Minnesota may be uh, overachieved last year. So I'm going to make this my second play. I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Give me Baker Mayfield on the road. Six points is way too much against a good defense. Uh, yes, it is Todd Bowles, and he's probably one of the worst head coaches in the league, but – I think Baker's going to be a good fit for this offense. I think they have enough of running back. I think, you know, they did lose um, their center for the season, um, Ryan Jensen. Ryan Jensen. That, that's a big loss. But, um, you know, they still have, you know, arguably the best one-two punch of wide receiver and a really good defense. And I think that's going to give Minnesota trouble. So I think it'll probably come down to which quarterback plays better and which team could run the ball better. And now, you know, obviously with – uh, the Vikings releasing Dalvin Cook. They have Matt Madison, who's been their backup for a number of years, and we'll see how he does. And obviously, they 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 have the best wide receiver in the game in Justin Jefferson. But uh, Tampa matches up pretty well with them in the secondary and at the linebacker core. So I think Tampa's going to cover this number. Um, wouldn't be surprised if they won this game outright. But give me Tampa Bay plus six. What we got? Well, I have a play, Chet, and now we do get to go head-to-head. Aren't you excited? Yes! Yeah, we finally get the juice going. Oh, Campbell, you got something, too? Jay's going to be head-to-head with me, too, so. Oh, yeah! I love it. Love it. Well, you want to go or should I go? You can go first. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. um, I hated Tampa last year. Um, I think they went – I mean, they went eight and nine, right, to make the playoffs. Is that accurate? Were they nine and eight? Yeah. Eight, eight nine, nine and eight. Eight, nine with Tom Brady. You take Tom Brady off, you put Baker Mayfield on. They lost three of their front seven players that had that really good run defense in the offseason. That's going to make them a lot worse. 
you know, so you take Brady off. What's he worth wins compared to Baker? At least two. So now maybe they're a six-win team. You take some guys off their front seven defensively, and now they can't stop the run, which is really all they did well. Um, and you have another dead coach walking. Like, like Bowles, Rivera, they're both gone at the end of this year. Um, I could see the Bucks, you know, taking the reins away from Baker Mayfield by week seven, and they're in the talks to go get a Caleb Williams or something. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Bucks are actually one of the worst rosters in the league, so I'm going to fade them all day. Mike Evans doesn't even want to be there. You know, Mike Evans hates his life down there. Why wouldn't you? So, uh, yeah, I think the Vikings are going to win this game. Uh, you know, pretty out like, you know, even as bad as the Vikings were defensively, you know, they, they put up 30 on almost everybody. You know, it was hard to keep them under 30 points. Um, you add Jordan Addison to that, now a full off season of Hawkinson, um, where he's not a midseason trade. Um, new defensive coordinator. I just think the Vikings are a little bit underrated for people. Like, I think the Vikings are still winning that division. Um, and everyone expects such a big regression. But really, you know, they were just ahead of schedule last year. But, you know, you're talking about the best skill position group in the league, maybe, with uh, with Justin Jefferson, Hawkinson. Yeah, a lot of good players there. So, I like Vikings to kill Tampa. This is a game, I think, in the third quarter you're not even paying attention to anymore. What wow. say you, Camby? So I feel. I mean, with the Vikings, I feel like you've had the same consistency over the last couple of years. The only difference was two years ago in one score games they were like one and nine. Last year they were like nine and one or whatever it was. Yeah. I mean that right. that made the whole big difference. The consistency was there. Um, I think you you're only getting better adding Brian Flores as the D coordinator um, on the Vikings. He's going to bring a new complexity to that defense. I feel like offense upgraded. Uh, Shipped out Adam Beelan, brought in Jordan Addison, as Alex was saying. I think that's going to bring new youth and uh, speed to complement Jay Jets on the other side. Um, I think that, I mean, Hawkinson, you know how I feel about Hawkinson. He's one of my favorite tight ends in the game today. I think he's going to play a huge part in this offense again. And then on the other end, you got Tampa Bay, who I believe is going to be one of the teams fighting for the number one pick next year. Um, offensive line little week now with all the injuries and everything there. I mean, you were talking about how they have a good one-two receiver punch, but they still got Todd Bowles as a coach there, and he's just going to be way too conservative to kind of try to run up the score, and I think that's what you need to do against the Vikings. Um, you need yep. to be able to put up points, and I don't think Tampa has the offense to be able to do that. So I'm willing to lay the six points with Minnesota and take Minnesota kind of all day in that game. Yeah, definitely won't be betting this game in real life, that's for sure. So that's uh It's how not tough my week best bet, Jenny, if that makes you feel better. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I could definitely see Tampa getting blown out for sure. So week one's tough, man. It's slim pickings, you know. I'd like to stay away from divisional games week one, but I, I had to do it at least one one time this, this week. So um no no divisional game here, but we got uh Tennessee Titans at New Orleans Saints. Pretty consensus, uh, three across the board with the Saints being the favorite, total of 42. Uh, obviously, with the Saints bringing in uh, you know, Derek Carr from Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, defense is kind of aging, I guess you could say, so I don't really know what I'm going to get from the Saints on, on the def- defensive side of the ball. Probably one of the worst head coaches in the league in Dennis Allen. Uh, and then you have Tennessee, who always seems to be – I don't know. They seem to be like the underdogs every year. Everybody kind of rules them out. Yeah, this is the year that Tennessee kind of just 
you know, go six and 11, seven and seven and 10, whatever. But they still have some good, you know, pieces in place. Obviously, they still have Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill is going to start this game. And uh, you expect Traylon Burks to get a little bit better this year after his rookie year was, you know, riddled with injuries and inconsistency. Uh, so I don't have a play in this game, but I lean to Tennessee just because I think New Orleans is a little bit overrated. And I think it's one of those shady lines that you see, you know, with everybody expecting the Saints to uh, win that division pretty easily and Tennessee to take a step back in their division. And they're only a three-point underdog on the road. So I lean Tennessee to take the points. They might win this game outright, but uh, it's not going to be a play for me. So we're going to go to you, Campbell. Uh, I don't have a play in this game, but I definitely have a strong lean at Tennessee uh, money line in this game. I think they're going. Yeah. I think they're going to win straight up as a dog this game. Um, I mean, you were mentioning Kalen Burks. I mean, improving this year, and he's only going to get better now that he has DeAndre Hopkins on the other side of him. I mean, he's not going. He's not going to be getting the number one D backs on him. He'll be able to kind of find his way in the offense as the number two receiver now. Uh, Vrabel, one of the best coaches in the game. He's always going to have his team up for it. I mean, they dealt with a lot of injuries last year, and they're still kind of on the brink of the playoffs, uh, fighting for that spot in Week 18 last year. I think they're just going to kind of pick up from where they left off about two years ago now that they're healthy again. I mean, Tannehill shows that he's a very uh, serviceable quarterback, could lead the team um, to the playoffs. I mean, led him to a number one seed just a couple of years ago. Derrick Henry fully healthy again. And I just think that, uh, I mean, although I do like the Saints to win the NFC South this year, I don't think they have enough to kind of keep up with how tough and like the hostility that a Titans team brings. Because that's the type of football that Brable expects out of his team. And I don't think the Saints can match that. Totally agree. I feel like the, the Titans are more of a, a smash-mouth football team and the Saints are more finesse. And I think whenever you have a situation like that, I always like to go with the tough team. So I totally understand with uh, Tennessee possibly winning this game outright. Uh, do you think, before you go to you, Alex, do you think Tennessee has a chance to win their division? I actually have them picked as my AFC South champion. So, yes, okay. I do. All right. Yeah, that would, that would explain it. All right, Alex, what about you? What are your thoughts on uh, Saints and Titans? Uh, no, no bet on the game. A lean, I lean toward the home team. Um, just because, you know, I, I like what the Saints have done in the offseason. I like that Derek Carr move. That's a big upgrade from uh, Andy Dalton. I mean, they basically were playing without a quarterback last year in some of those, some of those spots. It was so bad. I remember there was a game, the Saints played the Chiefs, I want to say. And basically, they stayed competitive with Andy Dalton throwing like six total passes. It was just a crazy, crazy game. Um, Derek Curse should make them a lot better. I think the Saints are going to compete in that dreadful division they're in. Um, you know, the only thing, you know, last year Tennessee had a lot of height. Like the Giants beat them week one last year. They seemed to, they felt like a team that even two years ago, which is really their staple year, and they, they were killing everybody. They didn't really click until October. They've never been like a strong out of the gate team under Brable. Um, probably because, like you said, the smash mouth football you're talking about, I agree with you, but not week one with no training camp. You know, I mean, a lot of these guys haven't even tackled someone to the ground yet. So I think that takes a couple weeks to really establish that identity. Um, I lean Saints in this game, not betting it. Um, but I do wonder 
Yeah, it's just an interesting game to watch because both these teams are kind of live plays in crappy divisions. So definitely one to pay attention to, um, but not one I'm going to be playing this week. I think that Stains defense is going to get beat up. I just feel like they're an aging defense. You know, they have Cameron Jordan still. He's, he, he's their best player, but he's on the wrong side of, the, of his career, definitely on the downside. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore feels like he hasn't been healthy in years. Uh, they have the Honey Badger, but you know he's definitely peaked at this point in his career. So I think that defense is really bad, man. I don't know. I, I think they're going to get beat up. And then the other thing, I mean, I really like Jamal Williams as a running back, but the Saints aren't an inside-the-tackles type of team, and that's the type of football that Jamal Williams is used to. You don't have Kamara for this for these first three weeks because of suspension. Right. So right. I think that's going to be a big loss to kind of the fl- the game flow that the Saints like to run. Yeah. I mean, let's see if Michael Thomas can stay healthy. He's going to play in this game. you know. And then you have Chris Olave, who had a fantastic rookie season. So uh, wide receiver, they look pretty good. But um, Return to Jimmy Graham. Yeah, I was just going to say, how about bring back Jimmy Graham? <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't get any seizures during the game. Jesus. Uh, but, yeah, I think this – the question is, Alex, you, you brought up Andy Dalton. How much better is Derek Carr than Andy Dalton? And, no, he's this better. Point I knew you were, were going to but... say it. I, I knew yeah, that yeah. – you love that phrase. Derek Carr is way better. Andy Dalton was like a bad Chad Pennington last year. I mean, the guy couldn't even throw it 18 yards down the field. If nothing else, if nothing else. Derek Kirk can still air it out deep. He's got a great deep ball. Um, you know, look for him and Olave to be pretty good. I mean, Derek Kirk's a lot better than Andy. Andy yeah, I think he's got a chip he on his shoulder this year. Yeah. He's, he's going to be playing with a chip on his shoulder after the Raiders benched him last year. Sure. Yeah, you know, he's, and he's better than Dalton. But, I mean, he had, you know, he had um, he had Josh Jacobs in the backfield for many years in, in Vegas. And he obviously had um, – Jeez, my brain is just fried tonight. Um, Devontae. Yeah, Devontae Adams last year. And, you know, they made a lot of stinker games on offense last year. Their defense is pretty bad, too. You know, they were – I don't want to make excuses. Look, I'm saying Derek Kerr is like the 16th best quarterback in the league is what I'm saying. But Andy Dalton is like the 43rd best quarterback in the league. Like, that's a very – that's an upgrade for sure. It's not quite Zach Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, but it's – It's an upgrade, yeah. it's, It's an upgrade. And I think it'll unlock a lot of what they want to do. Um, and uh, I just, like, Dalton, they really, like, it's crazy they couldn't get someone off the street who was better than him. He was so bad in those games. Like, it's almost like their offense worked better when he got hurt and Taysom Hill was playing quarterback. Like, it was just a very, very tough watch. So, I, it's a lot better. Um, and, you know, it's a whole thing. was a really, job. He yeah. still has a job. Andy Dalton oh, in uh, Carolina's yeah. backup. That's true. <laughs> How does this also, guy find work? Yeah. Hey, this shows if you have a pulse, you can be healthy and learn a playbook. But also, um, you know, New Orleans also one of the – one of like six or seven teams that I think being home matters a lot for them. Um, and they're at home in this game. So, that's that's the lean. I mean, this line is telling you that they think Tennessee's a little bit better. I mean, it, you know, I think the Saints, like you said, they, they have one of those home field advantages where you, you might give a full three points, maybe two and a yeah. half. So these, I, think, I think these teams are very equal. I think the big mismatch in this game is the coaching. I mean, give me Mike Vrabel versus Dennis Allen any day of the week, twice on Sunday. So I think that's why I just lean to Tennessee in this game. And you're asking me to lay points with the Saints? You know, if it was the other way around, then maybe I'd look to the Saints. But you can't made me lay three points of Dennis Allen. Um, all right, let's go to um, probably one of the, you know, premier games of the week. Uh, 
two possible playoff teams. I mean, you would think San Fran would make the playoffs, you know, at, with their success in, in recent history. But uh, playing at Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh had a really good season last year, uh, was in the thick of the playoffs, you know, in, until, uh, you know, late in the season. And then you have Kenny Pickett going into his second year of the league. You expect him to get better. George Pickens, you know, amazing rookie season. I think he's only going to get better. Really good defense. T.J. Watt healthy again. You saw what that defense was like with and without him. So I think Pittsburgh is definitely going to fight for that division this year. Uh, this is definitely going to be a play for me. Uh, I'm definitely going to take Pittsburgh here, plus two and a half. They're going to win this oh, game out, right? Stole my, stole my thunder. It's my best bet yet. Oh, man. I, I, like, you should have stopped. I love, I, love it. Oh. I love it, too. I didn't play it, though. Oh, oh I love it. I think, I think Pittsburgh is an awesome teaser this week, man. You're talking about Brock Purdy. Who had the off-season elbow surgery to repair the, yep. the UCL? I know in he Pittsburgh. had some playing time in the preseason, yeah, but he had that miraculous run last year where they played Arizona twice. They they you know had the fortune of playing Dak Prescott in the playoffs, and then he got injured. You know, <laughs> which was <laughs> a keep away game, but like offensively, you know, they were playing keep away. They weren't necessarily winning the game on offense, right? They were letting the defense exactly. take the turn. He was yeah. the typical bus driver in that game, and they barely beat yeah. Vegas last year in overtime. So, I mean, they, you know, there was hardly hardly any tape on Purdy last year. Now you have a full off season of teams to look at him and kind of see his tendencies, and I, I think that's going to show in this game against a really good defense in Pittsburgh. I, I think the wrong team is favored in this game, to be honest. I think Pittsburgh should yeah. be maybe a point favorite. Uh, so I yeah. think this line is way off. I think just San Fran is such a public team here. And I think, you know, they're, they, they throw the two-and-a-half out there. and Like, oh, San Fran only slid by field goal. I think Pittsburgh's going to win this game by three. It's probably going to be like a, you know, a nineteen sixteen type game. You know, has, might go to overtime. Well, yeah. Well, have you noticed any line movement since Bosa signed today? No, it hasn't moved at all. I think. I think kinda, it was. I, it was yeah. assumed that he was going to sign, right? Like. I don't know. I mean, it, no? it's been sitting around three, two and a half. It opened at three, and it got yeah. bit down quick to two and a half. So. It didn't move since the Bosa news came out, so that's yeah. really interesting. Since he's, you know, one of the best defensive players in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Pittsburgh's gonna win this game. Not my best bet, but Alex apparently is yours. So go ahead. My best. The floor. And, here, and here's another thing. Okay, stop the presses. Everyone, pull over if you're driving. Grab a seat. Here's my hot take for the season. Are you ready? The yes. 49ers are not making the playoffs this year. I agree. The 49ers. Mm-hmm. They are not making. The play. I don't want to hear the mm, Camby. Okay, I hear you in my AirPods. The 49ers are a classic every other year team, but but Brock Purdy ain't it. This is a team where everyone says, "Oh, you know the yeah, they're super tough. They're gritty. They're all that stuff." They are two injuries on defense away from being donezo. All right, the O line's getting a little bit older. They don't have a great influx of young talent on that team. They are very top-heavy roster-wise, being led by a quarterback who really isn't that great. Um, I'm down on the Niners. You know, every they're going to get everybody's best shot. Like everyone is going to give them the best. They're considered. They are wrongly considered the Eagles' equal. They are not as good as the Eagles, like in any world. And I think they're going to get the same effort as those teams. Um, not a Niner guy this year, and I'm a big Pittsburgh guy this year. So to get the game with the line here, I think by week seven or eight, you will be, you know, you'll be betting against the Niners. I think public influence is going to move that much. So do this while you can, folks, because the, the value is going to go. So I 
Pittsburgh to me has been my number one team on the uh, win totals this year. I feel like betting them over eight, eight and a half was going to be a guaranteed win for this season. That that was that was my big one that I placed this offseason. But, but, well, Tomlin's never finished under 500, has he? No. Nope. So that's all you and, – and nine and eight is all you need to win. Right, exactly. So um, I do – I do think you have a cold take on Niners not making the playoffs. I don't see – no, I think, it, I think it's a cold take. I don't oh. see <laughs> Seattle being the team to overtake them, and you know the Rams and the Cardinals aren't going to be anywhere see, I di- sniffing see, I dis- see, I disagree there. I think Seattle's going to be really tough, really tough this year. They were tough I, last year. They made they the were playoffs tough. way ahead of schedule. They were tough last year, but I, I, I think I – think, they got better. They had a receiver. Yeah. I'd rather have Geno Smith than Brock Purdy. Yeah, so I would too. That's fair. Here's, here, here's why I don't like San Francisco. CMC, walking injury. Debo Samuel, walking injury. Those two go down for an extended period of time. They are not going to move the ball. They're just not. I feel Elijah Mitchell's just a viable backup. I I mean, he's he's the better runner. To CMC, in my opinion, like CMC brings the dual threat, but I feel like Elijah Mitchell is the better has the better running vision. Uh, but, CMC. Schem- but schematically, schematically, they're so much easier to defend without worrying about CMC. That that's true. Um, and I mean, they got rid of Trey Lance. I feel like that's I feel like um, Shanahan can kind of plug in anyone at quarterback and they'll still win the division. Like it, it's it's all scheme there, and I don't think that Seattle has the tools to figure out that scheme quite yet. You know, you know what's interesting to me? What's interesting to me is the psyche of Brock Purdy. Right, he comes in at the end of last year, no pressure, Mister Irrelevant. Comes in, plays really well. Now you trade away the quarterback that they traded three first round picks for. You're pretty much saying, "Hey, you're the guy." Right, all the pressures on him coming off this major injury that. When it happened, I didn't think he was going to play until midseason this year. And now he's going to start week one, you know, with getting limited preseason time. Uh, a lot of pressure on this kid now. And it's only, only his second year. Yes, he has a really good head coach. Kyle Shanahan knows how to scheme around his quarterbacks. And he's been really successful with that. But there's a lot of pressure on this kid. I, week one oh. up against a good defense like Pittsburgh, unfamiliar opponent, out-of-conference opponent. I think Pittsburgh's going to smack them in the mouth. I really yeah. do. I mean, that pressure that pressure's only going to raise because they're starting 0-1. Yep. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. And you know they're getting I, I their agree. second loss in week three against the Giants, right, guys? So, I mean, that's that's two losses early <laughs> right there. And then the collapse is on. So, you know, there you go. Right, so, you yeah. both are taking Pittsburgh plus two and a half. Or plus two. Yeah. Right. Best bet. So, are best bets worth two or no? Yeah, best bets are worth two. Yeah, two. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, I, lo- I love Pittsburgh in this game. The uh, – yeah, but it's it's a big pro Pittsburgh one because I'm certainly that, but it's also a fade to the Niners because I think they are very right. Like, that, people almost act like you can just put them in the NFC title game and then who's going to be the NFC East team to get there? I don't think the Niners are there. I don't. I think they're getting older. I think they're just way too top heavy, and I'm telling you, two or three injuries, they're done. So I think. Uh, That's what I think. The problem I think is Pitt- the NFC is so weak that, like, who else is going to be there? Cowboys? Dallas, possibly? bro. No, just kidding. Yeah, well, Probably I not. mean, you have, da- you have Dallas, you have Philly, you have 
I mean, I really think the Seahawks are going to be a lot better. I know you don't buy them. I think they will be. Um, those Minnesota. are probably your three. Minnesota, you New figure Orleans. one, you know, New Orleans. Then, you know, you've got the eventual NFC champion Giants, obviously. So you're going to have them in the mix. So, no, I'm just kidding. The, uh, so I think, they gotta, I think they're going to be bad. Like, I think they're genuinely, by like week seven, like the lead story on ESPN is going to be that they lost like some stunning game. No one thought they would lose, and it just falls apart. Wow. That's, that's genuinely what I think about the Niners. So what's what's the spread you guys are taking Pittsburgh at? Two and a half. <laughs> Two and a half. Yeah, yeah, it's Sounds not three good. anywhere really. Can you find a better teaser play in the on the board this week than Pittsburgh? I think that's a fantastic uh, teaser no. play. I do too. I think it's fantastic. I think that's as close of a lock as you can get to. I don't like to use the L word, but it's pretty damn close. If I was playing teaser, if I was playing teaser, I'd probably do Steelers with Washington this year, this week. Okay. Yeah, I would do like Pittsburgh and maybe Cleveland or one of those divisional games. But yeah, I could definitely see Washington. That's solid. Um, all right. Speaking of divisional games, let's go to Green Bay and Chicago. Right. Another play I have. Uh, this is the me one. Too. This, this is the one I had to play and I took off. Oh, okay. we could. You, well, you can. You can lead this one, Chip. Oh no, wait! You stole my thunder. Can I steal yours? You may. All right, that's only fair. Okay. Chicago should never be favored in this game. Never. Oh, my God. Going, going Green Bay in this spot, I think love is going to be a little bit better than people think. The Bears no. stink. The Bears stink. 1-53. to 1-53 to on a 53-man roster. Gun to my head. I would have said they might have had the worst talent in the NFL last year when the season oh. ended. The Packers are – you know, the Packers were good. Um, I don't think Aaron Rodgers was that great in the second half of the year. I'm not saying Love isn't a downgrade. He is. But the Bears should not be favored in this game. The Packers have a better team. They're walking into the game with the better roster. The only reason is because people are a little hyped up on fields and people are obviously a big unknown in Love. Take the Packers. You're getting – I mean, why – the Bears should not be favored in this game. That is ridiculous. <laughs> I, I was I was with you 100%, and then I saw Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs both non-participants in practice today. Oh, uh, yeah, you know, the shame of do, you know, the shame of doing the pot on a Wednesday, right? Like, you don't know. But, you know, I still – the Packers have a pretty good defense. You know, I, I like them to slow fields down, but the Packers have owned this rivalry for so long. The players know each other. The O-line for the Bears is atrocious. The D-line for the Bears is atrocious. Like, you think Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon aren't just going to get 10 yards a clip like they always do? Why wouldn't they? You know, even with a different quarterback. Um, I just think the Bears are really in a worse spot than people give them credit for. Um, I think it's going to be a – I think they're still in year two of what's a legit four-year rebuild up. So, give me the Packers. You know, because the idea is that the Packers, the Lions are kind of even – so why are the Lions get, getting all this credit and the Packers aren't against a terrible Bears team? So, but, Chetty, it sounds like we're going head-to-head again. You know what? It always scares me when we're on the same side because that's exactly what's going on right here. Woo! I'm taking Green Love. Bay plus one. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think if one of those receivers do play, whether it's Dobbs or Watson, I think I feel a lot better about it. But, yeah, like, that's a concern whenever you have, whenever you have a cluster injuries at a position. But... At least, you know, they're 
kind of monitoring it early in the week, and hopefully they can get him at least limited by by Friday. But definitely something to keep an eye on. But yeah, I, I agree. I think the wrong team is favored in this game. I think you know you are betting on Jordan Love in this game because you really don't know what you're getting. He was pretty good in in spot duty last year when Rodgers. I think he got banged up in that Philly game last year, came in through a touchdown pass. He, he's shown flashes and he had a really good preseason. Uh, so, yeah, I, I you know, the, the Bears, they got some better skill position players, right? They got DJ Moore and, you know, he's a great receiver, but it doesn't really matter if your quarterback sucks. If he can't get him the ball, I don't care what you have at receiver. Uh, and the Bears still have one of the worst offensive lines in the league. So, um, it's so bad. It is such a bad offensive line. Yeah, and I feel like really bad still. too. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like coming into the season, Justin Fields is one of the most overrated players coming into the season. Yeah, like everyone's expecting this yeah. huge jump up, and he still he still oh, can't I, throw the ball. Like oh I ha- oh I have a great one. Oh guys, I have a great one. Are you ready for this analogy? You guys love my analogy. It's like a minor league baseball player. You ready for this, guys? Yes. Because minor league baseball players always get hyped up. Because on the highlight reels on social media, you only see the home runs that they hit. You never see the 19 right. strikeouts in between. That is Justin True. Fields. He makes incredible highlights, incredible runs. But I'm telling you, that's once every 11 plays and the other 10 are a fucking nightmare. You don't want Justin Fields running your team. And again, like the D-line's horrible too. Like, even if they had a stick at quarterback, wouldn't you think Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon would take this game over? Like That's how they've been beating the Bears for, for five years like right. why wouldn't they do that? So yeah, you know, and the Packers had the a lot. The D line, yeah, and the yeah. D line yeah, for the pa- Packers should get a lot of sacks and yeah. Yeah, Packers were banged up on defense last year. They getting a lot of good players back. You know, Rashawn Gary, yeah. so, guys like that. He had an ACL yeah. tear. Uh, back to Yari is going to be playing. So uh, yeah, and you know, favored, they're definitely more the healthy. Bears are favored by one. It's all hype over all another hype. team. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know where the hype's coming from. They didn't even add anyone that good. Darnell Mooney? Are we serious? Darnell Mooney? <laughs> yeah, I'm, almost, I'm almost regretting DJ pulling Moore? this off my, off my five-game slip. Because <laughs> oh, we could have well, had a great sweep. Don't die, Campbell. You know? No, because I, I, I already used Jacksonville as my replacement. Oh, okay. You know. well, <laughs> I only got one game left, and I don't got to convince you guys to know what that's going to be. So. Oh, we definitely know what it is. Yeah, and you, I definitely you both have too. four, and I – you both have four picks already. I'm I'm still at three. Teddy, okay. is your best yeah. bet in? Uh, no. And Campbell, your best bet's not in yet either? Not yet. Okay. Nope. Okay. My uh, next one's not a best bet. So. Yeah, I don't have a play until the uh, – well, we'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> let's go to uh, another divisional game. Uh, Vegas at Denver. Right, so uh, Denver's three-and-a-half-point favorite. What do you guys think about this game? I think this is a really tough game because uh. – Vegas. This is play number four. Oh, okay. Wow. Go for it. That that means you got to watch it. I am taking the Las Vegas Raiders plus three and a half. Um, I mean, they got Josh Jacobs back now. They signed him to a contract. He's no longer holding out. Jimmy G, I mean, he's he's a good game manager. He'll be able to control that offense. Devontae's still that dog. And then they improved their defense – Signed Marcus Peters to that backfield. I mean, their defense was last in the league last year, blowing so many leads that um, I think that there's only one way up, like one direction they can go, and that's up. And you, you got Denver on the other side. Offense struggled last year. Judy's out again. 
there's friction between Sean Payton and Russell Wilson saying that Russ needs to stop worrying about his brand. Uh, <laughs> I just think I just think the mindset's not on football in Denver, and I think it's only going to lead to problems again in the Mile High City this year. I expect them to be last place in the AFC West again wow. this year. Uh, Vegas is winning this game outright, and the fact that I'm getting it over a field goal, like it's it's a must play for me. So I'm taking them plus three and a half. Okay, Alex, what do you got? You know, not a game I gave a ton of thought to on the on on the surface. I would lean Denver a little bit just because of Sean Payton and you know Jimmy G. You know, like you're gonna bet on that. Um, Denver does have bad injuries at the receiver position. Is Judy going or no? We don't know. Judy's out. It's a hamstring. So he's not out officially, but he's very questionable. Yeah. So they lost with Sertain and Judy. Um, Sertain's tough. Uh, I'm sorry, not Sertain. Who's their other quarter, the other receiver? Tim Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick, sorry. Yeah, the – He's out, so that's going to be tough for them. So, cluster injuries are bad. But, you know, what are you getting in Vegas? You know, these running backs who, who don't play in training camp, running backs in general, you know, like Saquon Barkley hasn't been tackled to the ground since January. So, it's like, how good is he going to be on Sunday, you know? Uh, so, you just wonder, like, is Josh Jacobs going to be the guy who breaks nine tackles and, like, rips off 20-yard runs or – Will it take him, a, you know, a couple games to get into that flow? You don't know. But too many unknowns in this game for me to play. You know, how will Denver look with Peyton? How will Vegas look with Jimmy G? There's just a lot of questions to play a game like this. But if I was to lean one way, I think I might lean Denver slightly, but with, so, no, conviction, with no conviction whatsoever. And the yeah. unknowns make, make me feel better playing the side getting the points. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I can see that. I don't hate the play at all. It's just not a game I – I mean, like I said, I barely wanted to think about it because who wants to watch this game? But um, Yeah, easy pass, easy pass. Divisional yeah. game is going to be tight. I can definitely see – I can't I can bet on Denver to cover a number like this right now with how inept they were offensively. Now, obviously, when you substitute Nathaniel Hackett for Sean Payton, you have to expect better offensive production. But it might there might be some growing pains early in the season. Right, I mean, didn't didn't Denver play Arizona in the preseason, and they got lit up offensively? I mean, like they were getting pressured. Well, Russell Wilson was taking sacks twenty yards in the backfield. So, and that was against Arizona, you know. And now you have a divisional opponent, a familiar opponent, who knows your tendencies. Um, so, I feel bad that I bet Denver early in the year. Like I have them at two and a half, minus two and a half. They could win this game by a field goal, but there's no way I'm laying over. You know, I wouldn't even like three with with Denver in this game. So I could definitely see, you know, Vegas winning this game outright. Tight divisional game, week one, easy pass. Um, I remember Jimmy G did play Denver last year. And, you know, granted, this was Jimmy G's, I think it was his second game back uh, after Trey Lance got hurt. Uh, he came in and spot duty in the middle of the Seattle game week two. And then they, they played Denver the next week, Sunday night. And Jimmy G was god-awful in that game. So Denver does have a you know, a very underrated defense. They kept them in a lot of games last year. Uh, it was just the offense that was so inept. So uh, could Jimmy G struggle against a really good defense like he did last year? Yeah. So that's why it's an easy pass. I think this game's going to 
Okay, Denver's well, defense was fantastic last year. Like, if Muffins yeah. averaged like 14 points a game, they were like 12 and 5 or something like that. Right. So that's why it's an easy pass. But yeah, if you have a gun in my head, you got to, if you have over a field goal, you got to take the points there. Um, but yeah, with that line, I'm leaning to, to Vegas. But if it was, if it was at three or two and a half, I lean to Denver. That's how close I think it's going to be. Um, all right, Miami Chargers. Any play in this game? We know that Alex doesn't because he's saving it for Sunday night. But Campbell, this you is don't a play know for if you. It's Sunday night. Don't, don't assume. <laughs> I know it is. I you do. don't know. You don't know me, bro. <laughs> I know you. I do not have. A, I do not have a play in this game. Um, excited for the game, though. It's one of the games I'm most excited for. I, if I had to lean, I think I'd actually be leaning with Dolphins in this game. Me too. Um, I'm starting. I'm starting to kind of fade off that Chargers bandwagon. I was riding. Oh, are you done? Are you done with the Herbert band? Have I finally gotten through to you, Cam? <laughs> I mean, I know it's a new year, but it's watching blowing that a four touchdown the game in the year, year like, yeah, like <laughs> it kind of leaves an everlasting memory in your mind. Floor, four touchdown lead in January. Jeez. Stay away from until you kind of see them prove otherwise. And yeah. I think, I mean, Dolphins, like, they played great when Tua was fully healthy. And I think to start the year, they're going to come out strong again this year. Um, they got they got the speed that no one can really match in Waddle and Tyreek. And I think that their offense is going to be high-flying again this year. Uh, I don't know if the Chargers are going to be able to kind of keep up with that because Herbert is known to make mistakes at the worst time possible. <laughs> yeah. I, I have a thought in this game, Camby, and it reminded me of an, of an old uh, 2003 Giants season. The 2002 Giants were up 38-14 in a playoff game against the Niners and lost that game, right? Mm-hmm. The 2003 team went 4-12 and and to a man, and they all – even Strahan said later in his career – they were dead that year because the hangover off that playoff loss just haunted everything they did the next year. Like, they got to fourth quarters and gagged. They got nervous. They choked. They waited for the shoe to drop. And, you know, you wonder if history repeats itself here. Like, well, the Chargers have a game. bad year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, oh, yeah, it was, that was a long snapper, right? Yeah. Yep. The Trey Junkin, no pass interference. Trey Junkin. Was, uh, let, yep. And, let, and let's cover uh, – Let's cover Ty Streets with Jason Seahorn and let Ty Streets get 250 receiving yards in a half. So that was great. But uh, but then the whole next year, you know, the Giants returned a good roster, and they were awful. I mean, just awful. Like, it was the year they got Eli Manning's pick because they were that bad in the regular season. They got the number four pick overall. They, um, lost, to Quincy, a, they, they lost to Quincy Carter yeah. twice that year. Yep, yep. And, 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 a lot, and Strahan and all those guys, and they had, like, Toomer. They had good football player on that team said that, like, blowing that game in the playoffs just wrecked them the next year. And I could just see that happening for the Chargers, big picture-wise. Um, and, and, and this game's going to be close. And so the other thing that, they'll be able to get it done. The other thing that kind of sways me in this game, like, I'm not a Mike McDaniel fan. I know he was everyone's darling last year. I'm not big on him. But Brandon Staley makes the worst decisions. Yep. Like, he – is one of the worst game day coaches in the league. He puts the team – he finds ways to lose games that they're supposed to win because of decisions he makes going forward and fourth down and deep in his own zone. Put way too much faith in his offense when in spots that they don't deserve it. And I think his coaching alone cost, can cost them this game. 
Definitely. Yeah, I think uh, the thing is the Chargers aren't bad enough to fire their head coach in the middle of the season, right? You know the Chargers are going to be a decent team this year, but right. if you had to get, you know, the, you know, his over-under in terms of fired versus not being fired, you have to think he's going to be fired if they don't make the playoffs or they have an early round exit again. I mean, he's holding them back, you know, clearly from a coaching standpoint. And, you, you know, you bring in Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator, and that's a huge fade for me. So that's why I'm taking Miami plus three. Not official play, but, yeah, just fading Kellen Moore. That guy just – he rode the coattails of Dallas's talent on offense. He held them back in a lot of critical situations during the game. So I think that's going to carry over into L.A. Um, yeah, so – all right. So no official play in that game from any of us, but we're going to go to Philly, NFC champion Philadelphia Eagles – at the New England Patriots. Um, a lot of coordinator changes in New England, right? So you got to think that's going to help Mac Jones. Maybe, maybe not. Their defense, they're good, but they're a little bit slow if you, if you compare them to Philly's offense. So I think that's a big advantage to Philly. Uh, definitely no side in this for me. But if I had to, I would take the points of the Patriots just because of the Super Bowl hangover with Philly. Um Tough to go on the road against a non-conference opponent. So if I had to pick this game, God bless you, I would take uh, the Patriots with the points. But it's an easy pass. I think it's down three and a half now. So I think you're going to get a lot of money in this game because Philly is a pretty public team. And I don't think you're going to get a lot of money on New England at all. So I think this is a little bit of a liability for the house if the Patriots do win this game. Or, uh, sorry, if the, if the Eagles win this game. So I think you're going to get a lot of money on Philly. So I would lean New England, but it's an easy pass. What do you guys got? I probably. Oh, I'm sorry. No, you going out. I if I was to lean, I would actually lean the other way. I would actually lean Philly here. I don't think the Patriots are very good at all. And like I understand the Belichick of it all, the Patriots of it all, but even just from a matchup perspective, this is a horrible matchup for them. I mean, you called it. Their defense isn't really designed to, you know. You know, Belichick defense is designed to take away what you do well, but that's not going to work against Philly. If you're just going to let Philly run the ball at you, they'll kill you. So I just don't think that the Patriots have a way to slow them down at all. And, you know, the Eagle, you know, the thing that's forgotten about that Eagle team last year is they had 70 sacks. 70. I mean, that's an unbelievable amount last year. So they're going to get after Mac Jones, and they can do it just rushing four. That's the other impressive thing about what they do. The, you know, they can play soft coverage and just stop the run and get a good pass rush going. You know, the Eagles are, and it drives me nuts, but the Eagles certainly are, you know, a team that should be considered the class of the NFC. And, oh yeah, you know, the, the Pats, I just don't see it. And, you know, it, I know I know that the spread's not big either. So I would lean Philly, certainly, because I think the money on the game, keeping it close, is the Belichick of it all. But – you know, they're just so out-talented in this game. I don't think it's going to matter. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I – Sorry, Campbell. I was just going to mention, there was a game last year with the Patriots and the Bears. You remember that game? It was a Monday night game, I think. And Chicago went into New England and just ran it all over them. Even just oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, yeah. The game. Remember that? Yep. And the, the Bears, you know, you got to consider Fields's uh, speed, and that was the main reason why they won that game, and they got some turnovers on, on defense as well. But it's kind of a similar situation with Jalen Hurts and all the RPOs he likes to run and, you know, the option plays. So I think it's a bad matchup for New England. But if I had to, I'd probably lean the under in this game 
because I think Philly might have a little bit of a hangover last year from losing the Super Bowl. So maybe they come out a little bit sluggish and New England, they're not going to be scoring a lot of points. They just don't have the offensive weapons to score. So um, their number one receiver is Juju Smith-Schuster, and he's already having some knee issues. So uh, big issues there in New England. And I think, um, yeah, the Bill O'Brien hire is probably going to help Mac Jones, but they don't have the personnel to beat a team like Philly. So probably under – it's probably – this game is like 2017 written all over it, you know, 23-17, probably something like that, but uh, too close to call. Campbell, sorry about that. Chitty Ch- 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 sniped me. I didn't have a play on the side. Uh, but <laughs> I have a strong lean on the under. Oh, um, <laughs> damn it. Yeah. Well, no, what's, the, what's the over-under number? 45. So 45. That's so, so inflated because of Philly. I feel you. But I'll, I'll say this. I, I would bet, and I don't know this off the top of my head, I would bet the Eagles averaged 27 or more points a game last year at minimum, if not, if not near at 30. So the, uh, then do you like, see New England it? scoring more than 17? Uh, I don't know. I mean, you could take a team total. It's in play, you know? Yeah. Why don't you do like a team total? Like, if, I don't know what yeah. I don't know what Philly is, but if you think Philly's going to yeah. blow them out, then you can just do a team total over. Nah. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm I really not think, a Mac Jones guy. I really think the total is going to be closer to about 35 than 45. I can see this being like a 24-10 type of game. Yeah. Um. I just don't see – I think Philly's going to keep the clock running. Like Alex said, this is going to be the type of game where Philly's just going to run the ball down New England's throats. I don't think New England's going to be able to match on score for score. So I, I think Philly's going to start to pull away, kind of bleed that clock a little bit. It's going to be a low-scoring game. I definitely see the under-hitting on this game. Okay. All right. So Philly and Patriots in the books. Uh, we are going to go to divisional game that – might be one of those blowouts. I don't know. Uh, the line kind of is indicative of that. But the Rams and Seahawks. Alex's uh, darling of the NFC this year is Seattle, apparently. Of the, N- of um, the NFC West. Of the NFC, NFC West. West. I don't know. That's right. I forgot about the Giants. Uh, so Seattle is a five-and-a-half-point <laughs> favorite. Dallas, man, you don't <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so uh, the Rams are going to be playing without Cooper Cup in this game, which is uh, a big blow to them. So Van Jefferson fantasy owners, uh, you better be listening. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, yeah, I don't have a play in this game, but I, I did. I did lean to the Rams earlier in the off season when I saw this line. I thought six was a little bit too much with all the injuries the Rams had uh, last year. But now that I think about it, the Rams are pretty bad. Uh, they do not. Let me ask you this: Can you name more than two players on their defense? Uh, what, what team was that? <laughs> the Rams. <laughs> yeah. Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald. Other than, yeah, I said more than two. And, uh, oh, yeah, the guy. <laughs> you know, the guy. <laughs> uh, Ramsey. Do they still have, exactly. Do they still, do, do they still have the, they still have Bobby Wagner? He nope. There? He's back in Seattle. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Oh. Yep. He's back in, with the Seahawks, so. Uh, I thought of, uh, I think Taylor Rapp as a safety, but I couldn't think of anybody else off the top of my head. No joke. So I think the Rams, I mean, they're in full rebuild mode. I kind of respected what with, uh, Sean McVay did, staying with this team and kind of being a part of that rebuilding process. So, I, I you know, they're in full rebuild mode. I think they tried to trade Stafford in the offseason. I mean, they they tanking. They might be a top five pick next year, right? 
Are they get, do they have the draft picks back yet to start rebuilding, or that's are we a, still kind of? That's a really good in question. The, in the period where we traded them all away for their <laughs> Super Bowl run, exactly. they they sold out. They sold their soul to the devil for that one Super Bowl title, and now they're you know they're they're seeing the effects of that. So, yeah, I I, I mean Seattle's probably going to blow them out. To be honest, I I like Seattle this year too. I think they're going to win the NFC West. So, uh, it's at six, five and a half. I would play the points if there was a gun to my head, but I don't have a side in this, but. Lean Seattle, no play. Uh, Campbell, what do you got? I was bashing him earlier, but I am playing him as my best bet of the week. Oh! I am taking Seattle minus five and a half. Uh, I mean, they got a strong offense. Their running game is healthy again. Uh, Tyler Lockett, one of the most underappreciated wide receivers out there. It's paired with DK Metcalf. Geno Smith, one of the most accurate quarterbacks last season in the NFL. <laughs> And then you got the Rams. They kind of – they don't have an identity without Cooper Cup. And with Cooper Cup hurt, you saw how much that offense struggled to find yards last year. I mean, they're relying, as you mentioned, Van Jefferson, Atwell, Nakua. Like, (laughs) who are these guys that Stafford's going to be throwing the ball to? Cam Akers – Big disappointment last year running the, running the ball. I think he's going to struggle to find holes again this year. I, I just don't see a way where the Rams are going to be able to compete in many games this year. I think Seattle's going to run away with this one. Um, yeah, this one definitely this this one definitely has two to three touchdown uh, game written. So I mean, you're giving them at five and a half under a touchdown. I think that's got me my score best bet of the week. Yeah, and Stafford on the downside of his career, you know, they don't have a good offensive line. So, I mean, I hope the, hope the guy stays healthy, but you got to think, well, you know, that combination of him being on the decline and with the bad offensive line, he got hurt last year, obviously. And um, it's going to be a really tough year for the Rams, I think. So, um, yeah, as we wait for Alex to come back, we're going to go to the Sunday night game. I mean, this is the <laughs> game that he was looking forward to the most. Um so, Dallas at the Giants, you know, in my eyes, this is New York Super Bowl. You know, they haven't played Dallas on a Sunday night on an opening week. I can't even remember the last time. It might have been 2007. Um, so, big game for both teams, obviously. I think the, the Giants, not the, I mean, there's no must win in week one. But when you look at, you know, the Giants of what they did last year and how they, you know, they definitely overachieved. Nobody even see, saw them making the playoffs or competing for a playoff spot. But you look at Dallas, a lot of changes there on the offensive side of the ball with uh, Mike McCarthy going to be calling plays now and Daniel Jones getting the big contract. Uh, still some deficiencies at the receiver position, but this is going to be a really close game. And I think the line is indicative of that, you know, with both teams making the playoffs last year. Uh, I'm not going to make my play. I want to go to Campbell first, and then we'll kind of swing it back to Alex, and we'll see what everybody does. But what I'm are your back. thoughts on the Cowboys and the Giants? Yes, everything Chetty said is everything Chetty said is pure bullshit. I go to Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> did you? Well, first before you go to me, do you have anything for Seattle or the Rams? Do you have a play on that? Uh, I, don't, I don't have a play. Very strongly in the Seattle Rams stink. Stink. Okay. <laughs> nice. Well, I t- I took Seattle as my best bet in case you missed that. Oh, that's a good play. Um, yeah. All right, so back to the Dallas game. I I know me and Alex have talked about this a lot this offseason. I feel the Giants are going to be a 
big downgrade this year. He, even though he says he feels that the Giants are going to be a more talented team, I also think that the schedule is going to be a lot harder this year. I think they're not going to catch as many teams by surprise this year. So I don't think they're going to have as good of a record this year. I think Dallas is going to be one of the teams competing to get back to the NFC Championship for the first time in 20-some years um, this year. Uh, I think adding Brandon Cooks is going to be a big help to that offense. I I know you lost Zeke, but Pollard – I mean, Zeke was on his last legs last year. Pollard is going to be your workhorse this year. Um, I do think you're going to miss Dalton Schultz a lot at tight end, but I do think you do have the weapons on offense to kind of still put the points on the board. Uh, Michael Parsons is going to be a beast this year on defense. I think he's going to be – all up in Daniel Jones' grill uh, this week. Daniel Jones could be running for his life. And I just think he's going to force some talent uh, throws. I think he's going to see a big pick six this game. And Dallas is going to kind of start to run away with it a little bit later in the game. So I would definitely lean Dallas big time in this game. Interesting. You know okay. what I was thinking the whole time you were talking, Camby? I was thinking when we watched the Giant Viking game playoff game together last year, and you were so sure that the Vikings were going to destroy those shitty ass Giants, and you just saw your money burnt asunder. That's all I thought. You know, you've been hating the Giants a while, Camby. You guys still send that picture in our meme group all the time. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. (sighs) Who's going? You have the floor, Alex. Go ahead. What do you got? Yeah. Okay. So, so I have a play in the game. So normally I would be with Camby's thoughts on a team in terms of. Oh, you're going to steal my thunder. Know, I know you are. You're going to steal maybe, my thunder. Maybe, maybe like they can, maybe this came out. Maybe they can't know. Maybe they come out and they're better. And, you know, they took teams by surprise or and out of nowhere, nine and seven. And, you know, this year they take a big step back. But here's what I would say. The Giants, the only team in the division that returned the whole coaching staff every level of it. They are better everywhere. And I mean everywhere they're better. You talk about um, there were three guys in the secondary this year that were the starters for the Giant Cowboys on the Thanksgiving game. Two of them were outright releases, and one is on the Giants practice squad this year. That's how different this roster is than it was last year. Um, you have Waller that you add. You added John Michael Smith out the draft. All the reports out. And here, here's the reason I have optimism for the Giants. Giant beat writers are dicks. Like, they're big-time dickheads. They love saying how bad the Giants are. And they've just been raving about the whole Giant incoming draft class. They've been raving about how the offense looks, about how Waller looks, about how, uh, you know, Campbell and High. And, all. and they're just not the types of guys who talk highly of the Giants. Um, this is going to be a tough game for sure. But I think as an organization, the Giants have kind of put all their eggs into this game's basket. And even if they lose – I just don't see it being by more than a field goal. So I'm going to take the Giants plus the three and a half here. It should be under three, this spread, I think. Um, But I like the Giants overall. I do. I mean, they completely reinforced their run defense. They added Nacho from the Bucks. They had Aishon Robinson from the Rams, Bobby Okereke. Um, Hopefully, Kayvon in year two steps up. all reports about these two draft picks they had in the secondary have been doing great. They didn't, neither of them gave up a catch the whole preseason, and, and they played 
eight total quarters. That's pretty impressive. So I'm going to go with the Giants plus a field goal here. But I would say that uh, big picture-wise, I don't think what I was thinking er- – like in March, I was very convinced Giants will have a better team, worse record. I was totally with Campbell there. But now that we're here and, like, the training camp kind of went so well and what the B-Riders are saying about all these guys, I've kind of flipped. And I kind of think we're just going to be a better team and have the same record or it's not a better record this year. A weak NFC, I don't see how the Giants are in a top seven team in a pretty bad conference. So that's my thoughts. What do you got, Jet? All right. Well, this is the easiest bit of the week, okay? This is the easiest. This jumped out to me like a sore thumb. This is <laughs> – this is like free money. Are you kidding me? How can a best bet be anything but the Dallas Giants under 46 and a half? It yeah. has to, this, this, this game <laughs> no, has to it. go under. I'm going to I'm going to plead I the fifth. It. I'm picking a side, okay? I'm not picking a side. I don't have to okay. answer that question who's going to win the game. I'm going to okay. be a pussy and take the under 46 and a half. Because you think about Dallas and how they had Mike McCarthy calm plays. Now they're going to be a little bit more conservative. You know, they had the emphasis of, oh, we got to run the ball. We got to get back to running the football with a scat back and Tony Pollard, who's better as a receiver. <laughs> so, yeah, go ahead and run the football with uh, Deuce Vaughn, who's like 5'5", 160 pounds, uh, soaking wet. So, yeah, I, that's not going to work out well. So I think the Cowboys are going to come out conservative in this game because, you know, Tyler Smith strained his hamstring in practice this week. Starting left guard, arguably their best offensive lineman at this point, uh, you know, in Zach Martin and uh, Tyron Smith's career. And he might not play in this game. It's, uh, he's gonna, probably going to be a game-time decision. But in his place, you have an undrafted rookie free agent, T.J. Bass. Okay? T.J. Bass. Say it with me. T.J. Bass. Nobody knows that is guy. That kick, is, that a, is that a kicker for the Bills? Or? It sounds like it. But he, he had a really good preseason. I mean, he showed promise. But – in no way is he ready for the bright lights of Sunday night on week one against the Giants. De- so opposite when you combine, Dexter Lawrence, nonetheless. Exactly. So the, 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 not only do they have a deficiency on the interior line, but now you have an undersized center in Tyler Biotish with an undrafted free, or a rookie free agent uh, going up against Dexter Lawrence. And, you know, the, I'm not sure about the other uh, defensive lineman on the Giants, but uh, Ojulari is he a linebacker in the end. Leonard Williams, right. Uh, no, it's Leonard so, Williams, Ojolari, Kayvon, the 4-D lineman with, with uh, Dexter Lawrence. So I think that's where the game's going to be won. So if I had to pick a side, I would take the points of the Giants. Um, the thing that keeps me, off, keeps me off of a side is Dak tends to do really well in these situations where the cards and chips are down. He tends to come out and play a really good game. But I think that's going to be canceled out from the lack of protection he's going to get. I think he's going to get sacked at least four times in this game. Um, I think it's going to be tight because I, mean, I think the Dallas defense is really going to show up. I think they're going to play really well, too. So that's why I like the under. I think both defenses show up. And then when you have the, the problems on the, on the Cowboys offensive line injury-wise, I think that's going to kind of you know, negate what they could do offensively. If they were healthy on the offensive line, I would lean Dallas if it was under three and a half. But uh, that's just, it's such a big mismatch in you know in, in, under the bright lights, Sunday night football. So I lean to the Giants if you can get it over three, but uh, I'm just going to take the under. I think this is going to be – man, this might be like a 17-10 game, 17-13. I think it's going to be that kind of a grinder. It's going to be a snooze fest for a Sunday night game, but it's like an old-school NFC East matchup. So – Give me the best bet is Cowboys Giants under 46 and a half. Best bet. All right. 
And from one, you know, or I guess two of our favorite teams, from the Cowboys and the Giants, going to Campbell's hometown team in the New York Jets in the same stadium as the Giants. MetLife playing the Buffalo Bills, who I guess you could say had a disappointing year last year, made the playoffs, but got their doors thrown off by the Bengals in the wild card round. And if you look at the Bills, they're kind of a tricky team this year because they had so much hype last year. You know, that was going to be the year they were going to win the Super Bowl. And now they're kind of flying underneath the radar. I know they have a lot of problems from a personnel standpoint. And, you know, with the Stephon Diggs situation, does he want to be there? Does he not want to be there? You know, Josh Allen obviously has the Madden curse uh, going up against him as the cover boy for a horrible football game this year. Uh, but that's besides the point. That's a story for another day. Uh, so now you have, you know, the Bills going on the road against the Jets with, you know, bringing in Aaron Rodgers and a really, really, you know, top five defense, huge upgrade at the quarterback position. Uh, they got some preseason time, which I liked with the Jets, uh, just to kind of get Rodgers acclimated to the offense, although it's pretty familiar with Nathaniel Hackett as OC. So I don't have a side in this game, but um, I do lean the Jets in this spot. I think they're going to, you know, come out and play hard for, you know, uh, a nationally televised game against a divisional opponent. Um, I think the Bills are a little bit soft, honestly. I think the Jets are more of a, you know, hard-nosed, tough team. And I think they're going to they're gonna come out and play really well. It's probably going to be a low-scoring game. I think Rodgers gets enough done, you know, to, to get the victory. So I'll take uh, the Jets. I think it's at plus two. What is it, two and a half? Yeah, two and a half. Yeah, I'll t- I'll, I'm not making a play, but I've been to the Jets plus two and a half. But, yeah, all right, Campbell, you have the floor. I hope to I hope to be completely wrong on this, but my lean is to Buffalo minus two and a half. Really? Uh, I, it is. I mean, I think Buffalo's coming into the season a little disrespected. All the hype is on the Jets right now in that division. I mean – between Aaron Rodgers, Hard Knocks, all the immediate attention is on New York and whether they can win that AFC East. And I feel like Buffalo is kind of back to being under the radar a little bit again. Uh, Josh Allen had an offseason to kind of recuperate from his elbow issues, uh, get fully healthy again. I know Diggs wants out of Buffalo, but for now he's still – a major threat in that offense. And the one thing that is the hugest concern for me is Jets' offensive line. I feel like all preseason I watched the struggles of that offensive line, and I'm just worried that they're not going to be able to keep Aaron Rodgers from being on his back all game. Um, I, too, think this is going to be a low-scoring game. Uh, I think the Jets' defense kind of has the counter abilities to counteract uh, Buffalo's strengths on offense. Buffalo still struggles to find a second dimension to their offense. They need to find a running game if they want to be able to kind of compete for Super Bowls. And that's always kind of been my big strike against Buffalo. And I feel it's the same way again this year. Uh, Jets have the defense, the defensive backs to kind of counter that passing game. Um, but I don't know if the offense is going to be able to put enough points on the board to win the game. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope so too. I mean, you know, they, 
the Jets beat the Bills last year with Zach Wilson. I, I, I had flashbacks of Josh Allen throwing up these Hail Marys to his receivers and getting picked off. And the Jets are bringing everybody back on the defensive side of the ball. But I agree you can't negate the fact that the Jets have some big issues on the offensive line. And Rodgers is a guy that tends to hold the ball. I mean, he does have a quick release when he wants to get rid of it. But, you know, third long situations, he tends to just sit back there like a sitting duck and wait for somebody to get open. Uh, but you could argue, hey, Green Bay did not give him a lot of weapons last year to work with, and he definitely has more weapons in New York, you know, bringing some of his buddies over from Green Bay and Randall Cobb and uh, Alan Lazard, and obviously you have Garrett Wilson as the uh, most recent offensive rookie of the year. So he has the weapons, and then you have Dalvin Cook, and Brees Hall is going to play in this game too. So it really comes down to can they protect him, right? So it's kind of a wait-and-see approach with me. i got to see how they how – they, play this week before I determine if I'm going to, you know, make a bet with them the next week when they play Dallas. Right. So that's and what I got. Buffalo, and I mean, the same thing with Buffalo. Like, they took a huge step back losing Dable last year. You got to kind of see if they'll be able to kind of take that step forward again this year um, right. with their offensive play calling. Yep. All right. Alex, what do you think about this game? Monday night. Uh, yeah, I lean, I lean Bills here, and I, I, I do support the Jets. I think the Jets are going to have a really nice year. Um, but week one, um, you know, the Bills actually returned the most players on their roster than any team this year. I think it was 79% of their roster is returning. So they got pretty good camaraderie. You know, the way their season ended, I think it just got, like, such a weird knockout punch with that DeMar Hamlin thing. Like, I just think they never really got untracked after that. Like, they didn't really recover. So I don't really hold the Bengals' playoff game against them very much. Um, you know, they do have Allen. They have, I just think there's so much more continuity on the Bills' side of this game. Last year also, you know, the, the Bills came out. And their best game they played all year might have been week one. Like, they beat the Rams like 40 to 10 or something crazy. So, you know, they come out of training camp pretty strong. Um I think the Jets, you know, may get through the first six games, which I know are pretty tough, at three and three or so. And then I think they're going to start really putting it on people, you know, around Halloween and later. But I think it's going to take a little bit. I mean, there's so many new pieces on the Jets, you know, on on the offensive side of the ball. Brees Hall isn't all the way back yet. Um, what's Cook's role yeah. going to be? Um you know, the Bills have a really the Bills have an underrated defense too. You know, their defense is no slouch. So I, I like the Bills in that game. Um, but I, I don't fade the Jets with that pick. I'm just pro Bills here and that you know the Bills are probably the division favorite. Um so you know, I would I would just take the Bills over them here. Um, but I think in, you know, December when that offense for the Jets is rolling and everything's in sync and Rodgers is going. You know, maybe it's a different story, but week one, it's a big ass to say, okay, put Rodgers on the Jets now, go beat, you know, maybe the second best team in the AFC. It's too big an ass for me. Correct me if I'm wrong, but is is Von Miller playing this game? He's injured, isn't he? He's on PUP. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, if you look at the pass rush of of Buffalo, they, I could look this up while you're talking, Campbell, but I want to see their pass rush success rate last year. Obviously, it really, really was. Uh, affected when they lost Von Miller last year. So go ahead and uh, give your thoughts on the game, Campbell. Oh, I, I was just going to add on to uh, what Alex was saying about the Jets schedule. I I think anyone who kind of follows the Jets, if they can get a three and three out of the first six weeks, they would absolutely take that. Because you're looking yeah. at the first six weeks, you, you have the Bills at the Cowboys, the Patriots, the Chiefs, 
and then at the Broncos and the Eagles. Um, mm-hmm. That's four teams that are legit Super Bowl contenders that you're going to be facing in the first six weeks. And then you get the bye week, and then the schedule kind of gets significantly easier after that. And so I think you get a 500 record after this, uh, after those first six games. you got to be thinking long-term that a division title is well within reach. Yeah, definitely. And they, they could beat any of those teams. I mean, they, they could beat Dallas. They, you know, they could definitely beat Buffalo, too. And if they, if they get those first two games, man, they will be in really good shape. And that could happen. I mean, but Buffalo, when they lost Von Miller, I mean, they, they were they were like middle of the pack last year in sacks and pressure rate. So you got to think if they had Von Miller, they'd probably be around the top 10. And he's not going to be there, you know, on Monday night. So you're probably going to see more of the same thing. I know they got Tredavious White back last year, and that was a big boost at their secondary. But there are leaks in this Buffalo defense. And, you know, when they can't rush the passer, it exposes that defense a lot more. So if the Jets offensive line could hold up, I think that's where the key to this game is. The, the Jets win this game if they can protect Aaron Rodgers. 100%. Bottom line. Because I, I think they have they have more weapons right now, and I think their defense is better than Buffalo's right now. So comes down to protection. We'll see what happens. Um, good news, guys. The week two look-ahead lines are out. So if you want to kind of go through that a little bit, we can. Um, I know it's way, way yeah. too early. But some intriguing match- matchups, we can kind of just go through um, what will probably be the, the marquee matchups of the week. And uh, it really starts on the Thursday night. I mean, we got Minnesota going to Philadelphia on a short week. You know, Minnesota coming off the game against Tampa, probably going to win that game. Philly coming off of a po- probable win. So, short week. Minnesota played Philly last year, week two, right? Got their, door- their uh, doors blown off. Kirk Cousins threw three red zone interceptions. Uh, so a little bit of a revenge factor for Minnesota, but Philly, what line do you think that is? Minnesota at Philly, week two. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at it, so I'm out of this guessing game. <laughs> I, I, can, I can play guess. I'll play guess the line. What do you think it is, Alex? Philly minus five, seven, full touchdown. Oh, that's a wow! Big that's spread. a lot. On a, a short lot. week, you know, it's, yeah. it's a short week, so. Because they're uh, at home, right? So Minnesota, the road yep. team traveling on Thursday, normally you can add like a half point to that or so. so. Exactly. Yep. Um, some other uh, big matchup, I think, is Kansas City at Jacksonville. That's probably going to be the game of the week, uh, other than the Jets and the Cowboys. So uh, Kansas City and Jacksonville. Alex, what do you think that line is? Where's the game? Jacksonville. 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 I'd say Chiefs by a field goal. You got it. Yeah, two and a half, three. Chiefs yeah. by three. Yeah. yeah, that's about right. That's about right. Yep. Uh, Jets and Dallas. Not sure if you looked at that, Alex, but that's probably the other big game. Dallas lane one and a half, two, something like that? Three. Dallas lane three. Three, three. okay. Which I think is off because Dallas, maybe you get a point for home field. Their home field advantage sucks. So I think that, that line should be closer to two, two and a half. I mean, Aaron Rodgers in Dallas. I mean, that's where he lives, right? That's like his home. So I don't think he's lost in Dallas. He's never lost yeah. in Dallas. Yeah. And next next week, looking at this again, you got Chicago as a road favorite again next week. I know against Tampa Bay. Ridiculous. Uh, so that's so that tells you a lot. So like, Chicago, who sucks, is favored against Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay. 
Yeah, like I mean, I I don't know how you can make a case that then the Bucks are going to keep it close with the Vikings. You know, the thing is, like yeah. the thing is, these sports books they don't they don't know any secret information. They're they're going by what the projected teams are going to be. They're just they're just projections. You know, if, for example, yeah. look at week week one of last year. Jacksonville was at Washington, and Jacksonville was a three and a half point underdog. Now, if you had that week, if you had that game in week seventeen instead of week one. What would that line be? Jacksonville might be laying close to a touchdown, right? Yeah. But in the beginning of the year, Jacksonville was a three-and-a-half-point dog. In Washington, they won and covered. So I'm not putting any any merit into, you know, what the week two lines are. Like, it's a prediction of what's going to happen in the future. I just go by, hey, the sports books are in the same boat as us. They don't know what's going to happen with these games. The NFL isn't fixed. So they're just kind of projecting what they think is going to happen, and then they adjust as the season goes on. You know, yeah. So, I mean, it's another uh, big, yeah. No, what are it's your thoughts just, on that? I, the Bears. I'm still appalled that the Bears are favored to win their first two games. Like, do people watch sports to do this shit? Like, what are we doing? The Bears. So, Justin Fields is so overhyped, man. It's crazy. Oh, that roster sucks. And you got Detroit as a three point favorite against Seattle next week. Right. That was the other game I was going to bring up. That's it. That's that's a big game. It's a big game. Two of the, uh, you know, the mid-tier NFC teams that are going to be fighting for playoff spots might be both division winners. So, Giant, Giants, Giants are at cards out of curiosity. Can I, can I play guess that spread? Yeah. Yes. So Giants minus four. Five minus what? Minus four. You're close. I think it's four and a half, right, Campbell? It's oh. between four and a half and five and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's that fair. that means that means they think Giants are going to lose Sunday. Why? So, because I think if the Giants have a great showing Sunday and Arizona sucks Week One like we all expect them to, you could see that go to six really fast or six and a half or something crazy. Well, I mean, if the Giants were playing Arizona in New York, what would you put that line at? Close to double digits, right? Maybe nine and a half, ten. Yeah. Yeah. So, so why I mean, is there yeah, a five point swing here? You know, like. Well, I mean, because they're on the road. Like, usually give, yeah. you know, anywhere from one to three points for home field. Yeah. So, you add, you know, three points to the Giants where they are right now. You know, it would probably be like eight and a half, nine, somewhere between eight and a half and ten points. So, I think that line's yeah. right. I mean, yeah. it's tough to play in the road in the league, but, geez, Arizona's pretty bad. Uh, Baltimore and Cincinnati is <laughs> another big game next week. Uh, what do you think that line is? Baltimore and Cincinnati. That's it. Bengals laying three. Three and a half. Three and a half. Three and a half. Yep. Ooh, You're okay. right there. You're right there. But I think week two is the week to really take advantage of value because these books don't know what's going to happen week one. Like, up crazy shit happens week one. And then and the people overreact. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Then people overreact into week two, and that's where you find the value. So, like, when uh, – when Seattle blows out the Rams, everybody's going to be like, oh, my God, Seattle's so good. And then Detroit's going to, you know, Detroit's going to lose outright to uh, to uh, Kansas City, who's a really good team, and everybody's going to be on Seattle, you know, and then you just bet Detroit. Yeah. So that's where the value is going to be. We have our picks in for week one. We are going to be with you for the full NFL season, okay? Everyone weeks, not the Pro Bowl. I think before we close it out, we should – Choose our division winners in our Super Bowl matchup. Oh, okay. Going into future, we can do that. We could, 
we can revisit this kind of halfway through the season and see if it changes any. Okay. Campbell, you got, yeah, go ahead, Campbell. You can go first. All right. So I'm going to start with the AFC East. Um, I still think this is the Bills division to lose. Uh, I think it's going to be close. Dolphins are creeping up there. Jets definitely going to have a shot. I still think the Bills are going to take the AFC East, though. Uh, I think the Bengals are too tough in the North. Uh, Chiefs are going to run away with the West. And my my change there, the AFC South, I think the Titans are going to come back. I think this is going to be the year the Titans retake it from the Jaguars. Um, in the NFC, Eagles and the Niners, I think, are going to be runaways. Uh, Vikings are going to hold on to the North, and I think the Saints are going to take the South. Uh, and for my Super Bowl matchup to start, I have Philadelphia over Cincinnati. Wow. Okay. I was not prepared for this. I'm kind of just going to have to wing it unless Alex, if you want to go first. Sure. I'll go first. I will say that I'm not going to pick the Eagles to go to the Super Bowl only because besides the Jim Kelly Bills and the, and I believe the Patriots after they lost to the Eagles. That's only happened twice ever, right? Like in 50-something years. So yes. I'm not going to pick – normally the team that loses in the Super Bowl doesn't Still make doesn't it all the way. doesn't even make the playoffs. <laughs> At least, right. Sure, no, I'm not going to say that. But I, I don't think they're going to make the Super Bowl. So um, right, NFC East, though, I will say the Eagles do that. I will say the Vikings take the North. The West is Seattle. Um, like I said, I don't think Niners making the playoffs. Uh, the South, I'm going with the Saints, but I think – if Saints play the Falcons late in the year, that could be a coin flip more than you think. Um, the AFC East, after all I just said to you all, I'm going to take the Jets to win the division, believe it or not. I like um, the Bengals to win the AFC North. Right over the Steelers and Ravens going to be an awesome race the whole year. That's a great division to watch. Uh, Chiefs in the West. And then I have the Jaguars um, improving a little bit and winning in a bad division in the South. And then I have the Bengals winning. That was my future bet, which I did a couple months back. This will be the year the Bengals finally do it. I guess I have to pick a team for them to beat that's not the Eagles or the Niners, right? So I will say that the Bengals break Kyle for Chetty's heart and beat the Dallas Cowboys in the Super Bowl. Sorry, Chetty. It's going to hurt. You're going to get so hyped. You're going to spend a fortune to go to that game. You're going to be, you know, (laughs) you're going to be convinced that you're going to win. And Joe Burrow is going to be smoking a cigar afterwards. You're going to feel like Survivor Series 97 all over again. I apologize in advance. People are going to be confused about who he's rooting for because he's going to be wearing Cowboys pants, but they're going to be Zubaz with, like, the tiger stripes. Oh, my God. Good Lord. Joe Joe Burrow's uh, beer gut with a cigar smoking is how the season's going to end, everybody. Get ready. You're probably right. Yeah, I mean, I'll uh, I'll go with uh, NFC North. I have Detroit winning that division. I I had Green Bay originally, but I switched to Detroit just because I think I think Green Bay is going to be a team that's in contention for the playoffs. But I don't see them winning more than eight games. So uh, give me Detroit to win the North uh, AFC North. I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. I think that's kind of the wild card. I think Pittsburgh's going to win this division. I think they have the best defense in the division. And I think Kenny Pickett's going to take that next step. And they have enough offensive weapons with Najee Harris and George Pickens. So uh, give me Pittsburgh. I really like Pittsburgh this year. They might even make it to the AFC title game. Uh, AFC East, I'm going to go with the Jets. I feel like if the offensive line holds up, and that's a big if, I think the Jets are the most talented team in the division. Uh, Patriots, I think on a year-to-year basis, Belichick is showing who is the most important uh, person on those Patriot teams from the 2000s. Uh, I think that continues. And then Miami, you know, 
I don't believe in their defense. I think they have a offense good enough to win the Super Bowl, but their defense is going to hold them back. So uh, give me the Jets to win the AFC East. Uh, NFC East, I think uh, this is tough. Um, I'm going to go with Philly. I, I, I think I think Philly is going to break a streak that has actually been there since 2004. There has not been a repeat winner in the NFC East division since 2003-2004, and that was when Philly did it. Ever since then, there's been a different division winner every year. I think Philly breaks that streak this year. So give me Philly to win that division. Actually, before we go on to the next thing, I want to have a little bit of trivia for you. So when is the last time the Cowboys made the playoffs three straight seasons? They, they've they made it the, the past two years. They made it in 2021 and 2022. Before that, when was the last time the Cowboys made the playoffs three straight years? I would have to say, is it the Aikman year? Is it the Aikman team? <laughs> Early 90s? I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, I'm not going to say anything. you you got to give me three years. Uh, 90, 90, 93 to 95. So close. 94, 95, 96. Uh, I didn't, I didn't know what their three-year dynasty was. That was the problem. I, I well, they, they didn't win the bowl uh, in 96. That Switzer oh, that's came right, in 95 that's right, yeah. and they, they barely made the playoffs in 96 and got blown out by Carolina their first year in the league. So, so it wasn't the Quincy Carter years. It was not. No, they only made it in 03. And then, uh, it was a long time before uh, Romo came in in 2006. But, yeah, so that I think the Eagles break that streak, uh, win the division two years in a row. I think Dallas just make it as a wild card, though. Uh, AFC South, go with Jags. I think they're going to build on what they did last year. Uh, best coach in the, in the division. I think – I mean, it's kind of neck and neck with, with Peterson and Vabral, but I'll go with uh, Peterson to get the Jags back in the playoffs. Uh, NFC South, I'm going to stick with the Falcons, uh, you know, Panthers rookie quarterback, uh, not a lot of competition there. I think Tampa is going to be a little bit feistier than people think. But you know, I, would I be surprised if any team in that division won the division? No, but I think no. Atlanta wins it by default based on the additions they made in free agency and through the draft. So uh, AFC West, we even have to you know discuss that uh, Chiefs and then uh, NFC West. I'm going to change from uh, the Niners to the Seahawks. I'm on that Seattle bandwagon with Alex. I think. Uh, Seattle is sneaky good on defense. They got better as the year went on. And uh, I think Geno is not going to write back. I think he's going to be back in the playoffs. And then uh, for the Super Bowl matchup, I I do think Philly gets back there again. I think they are the class of the division because they have the best offensive line in the league. And they have one of, if not the best defensive lines in the league. So you give me a team that's strong in the trenches and you have a good quarterback in Jalen Hurts and the good offensive weapons they have. How can you go against them right now? Um, and then I'm with you, Alex. I'm going to ride that Bengals bandwagon. I'm going to go with Cincinnati. And I think that oh, this is tough. Put me on the spot because the, the Eagles are much better in the trenches than, than Cincinnati. And the Bengals probably have better skill position players, although it's pretty close. But give me the team that has the better trenches any year. So I think the Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl. I hate to say it. And uh, I think throughout the years, I've learned to take my emotion out of these games. Like, I would have uh, been crying to pick the Eagles to win the Super Bowl, you know, if you asked me 10 years ago. But uh, when you get a little bit older and it comes down to betting and making money, you have to look at it objectively. So um, give me Philly and Bengals in the Super Bowl. And I think Philly, you know, they get back to the mountaintop and they finally win it after coming up short next year. So there you go. Any thoughts? So we, me and you got the same Super Bowl yeah. outcome right now. 
Uh, I mean, I think it's, it's going to be fun to kind of see eight weeks down the road, look back at these at these uh, lists and see kind of if we're on pace with our predictions or what injuries are going to kind of come up that throw everything in for a curve, you know? And that's the thing. There's so many injuries every year. We know that something big's going to happen. You know, I don't, obviously I don't, we don't wish injuries on anybody, but they happen every year. And you know, that's why there's so much variance in the NFL. And that's why I tend to stay away from future bets just because you're betting on an entire season. You're betting on something that is within a six month time frame, And so much can happen from play to play from week to week. So you just kind of have to go by the analytics and what you believe and all the research that you've done and, and hope for the best. But that's why it's sports betting, right? It's not, it's not exactly an art. It's not exactly. I'm back. Easy. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Yes. We, we see, we knew this was going to happen week one. We knew we were going to have some technical difficulties. It usually happens with Alex. Um, <laughs> he has a lot in his yeah. plate. I do. So, look, uh, there's a lot going on. Okay. I'm a busy man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the important thing is that we got him back. So I, I picked up Philly and Cincinnati to win the uh, to be in the Super Bowl like Campbell, and I picked up Philly to win. So wow. it hurts. Okay, it hurts. I, I think Dallas. We we didn't do playoff teams, right? We just did Super Bowl matchup. Yeah, right. we didn't do wild card yeah. teams. Yeah, I mean that that's a crapshoot. I think uh, if we did pick wild card teams, I think you know we wouldn't be that far off in terms of what we think is going to happen. So. But yeah, we can kind of revisit it halfway through the season and see, uh, you know, look back and see who was kind of the most accurate. Uh, we're not going to do our teaser segment this year. If if we see a week that is a good teaser week, we could mention it and bring it up and discuss it. But we're just going to kind of go by our five games and we're going to keep tabs in our percentages and how well we do from week to week. And when the season is over, we'll definitely give you our records and see how we did. And uh, we'll I go mean, from there. Here I am, reigning defending. Each week, five games, six units, because we got the best bet as a two-unit play. I mean, just you can follow us, bet with Chet BC on Twitter. We put our plays up there. We track our plays, so you can kind of follow us, follow our standings. And, I mean, hopefully we'll we help you guys win a lot of money this year. I don't know when it's going to happen, but guys, we have to get some sort of video up midway through the season. Let's say we're like over 60%. We're kicking butt. We got to get our names out there a little bit more. People have to see us. They're going to get on YouTube halfway through the season and talk directly to the people. Okay. Wow. Okay. If we do so, it, we got to live stream it. That's all I ask. You can all meet my cats. All right. Well, that's. That's a very enticing offer, and uh, we'll definitely we'll definitely consider that. That'll make people want to tune in for sure. We are here. Bet with Chet, week one in the books. Guys, any final thoughts before we await the games on Sunday? I'm going to be getting like $150 worth of Chinese food, by the way. Uh, I would just say welcome back to football. Welcome back to Bet with Chet, everyone. And it's week one. This should be the lowest amount you gamble all year. Remember, you have the least amount of information now. Keep the unit size small, folks. Good advice, and, Campbell. And it's it's a, it's a long season. Like we got we got eighteen weeks of regular season ahead of us. We got four rounds of playoffs ahead of us. So it's going to be a fun four months, five month stretch that um, hopefully we're making a lot of money off of. No doubt, football season season is back, ladies and gentlemen. We will be back with you. 
well, we're going to record on Wednesday, but we'll probably have this posted by uh, Thursday morning, just so you could um, listen and prep for the Thursday night game. So we'll definitely have this posted by Thursday morning every week. And, uh, we're... and, and the picks, the picks will be posted on Twitter by Wednesday night. So if you want to follow along on Twitter, our picks are, our picks are going to be there as well. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll keep, keep tabs on all our records and we'll, be with you from week to week and we are looking forward to an exciting season in the national football league.